across the UK, online and on DAB. He has made a covenant with the night, and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. And, um, well, you can, the person you can hear banging around in the background is uh, Tony Robbins. I don't want to do this. I, I don't, look, will you look at that stream? Yes. So, like, you are well lit yes. and look about six foot five. I well, look like one of the seven dwarfs and I'm in the shadows. Well, I, well, I am about six foot five and you are quite tiny. Oh, let's, come on, no, I'm not no, that no, small. Come on, okay, let's, let, how about we, do you want a cushion to sit on, Tony? Where no, don't have... patronise me. Okay. Just light me. Where are the bloody uh, mince pies you were, you were promising? Well, I, I tweeted ah! no, ah! I I tweeted Kat, Kath, yes, Mad Kath. <laughs> I tweeted her. That, that name's and, gonna stick. And I said, I said, <laughs> I'll stop at Fortnum's and get get some. Yes. And she goes, Oh no, we're Greg's people. We are. Uh, well, she is. Yeah, Come she is on, quite common. She's media. Um, you, you're quite common though. You, you play, I've read, I've read the whole book, Tony. I've read the whole book. There's no secrets from me, buddy. You, you come across on TV as quite well spoken and quite well to do, but you're. Well, right. I'm, sort of, I'm, I'm half and half, really, right. because I, um, my mum and dad were working class hackney people. Yeah. And my dad, just before the war, um, he was very bright, but he couldn't go to university because he was the, the second son of a working-class family. Right. You just, yeah, there was yeah. no money to, to do it in those days. So he worked for what was then called the London County Council, which became the Greater London Council. And he, in order to get on, you had to do exams, and he would just, like, study every night, and, and he, he passed it... it his exams and got sufficient money to be able to put the mortgage down on a semi-detached house in South Woodford. Brilliant. Which was like, you know, the beginning of kind of, I wouldn't say it was posh, but it was certainly... People didn't do it in those days, No, 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 It was not no, that no, common the, to get no, a mortgage. Said, uh, their friend said, you have paid £998 for this house. Yeah. You will be weighed down with debt for the rest of yeah, your life. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. So th- they were like in semi-detached world. So half of my childhood was like looking back at Hackney yeah. and all that consider yourself stuff literally and, uh, yeah. yeah and the other half was looking out into essex which in those days was really posh yeah and in fact when you think about it the people that we call like essex boys and essex girls how come they've got those cockney accents and mm. those chirpy wit yeah that chirpy wit it's because they're all the grandchildren and great-grandchildren mm. of the white working class yeah. who who left london like my mum and dad did did your I love the book, and people who've been listening the last couple of weeks will have heard me reading out loads of bits, changing some of the bits, because it's filthy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did your... A lot of the 60s and 70s, you were doing kind of experimental theatre or fringe theatre or, you you, you know, kind of not the mainstream. Did your parents, who sounded absolutely delightful, by the way, did they ever um, say, come on now, Tony, you've had a fair crack at this... Maybe you should get a proper job. No, no, not at all. Um, when my dad went into the RAF in the Second World War, mm. he was just like a you know a, a, a corporal fitter in the RAF, patching up the hurricanes. He used to say so that posher kids could fly up in the sky, shoot down D- Jerry, and then die. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, but he's in East Scotland doing this, and 
there's a Canadian Forces dance band, lots of Canadians up there at that time, and they, they hadn't got a pianist. Mm. And so my dad said, I'll do it, I'll do it. He, he could only just about find his way around the piano. <laughs> but th So throughout the Second World War, he had the time of his life going around all these village halls yeah. in East Scotland playing boogie piano. Oh, and he fantastic. became the most fantastic boogie pianist. Wow. And you know how pianists in those bands, they became the front people. I mean, you could see that later on in... in Little Richard, and yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis, and, and absolutely, like, yeah. absolutely. It was very much that that the. the, the they, they they followed on from yeah. from all those star boogie stars, and um, so my dad was like that, five was foot really? three, oh, prancing funny. round. And so then when he came back to South Woodford when he was uh, when the war was over, and my mum had went into the WAF and she was doing lots of am amateur drama, and then they found they'd got this little kid who had got some kind of uh, uh, you know talent for mm. for doing all that kind of thing. They just loved it. It was what they were oh, never brilliant. able to do, or, or it was. You know, they somehow I was able to act out their dreams in a funny sort of way. So even and so up until my mid twenties, mm. most of my theatre was pretty straight, and they loved that. Mm. But then the sixties, early seventies came, and like an awful lot of young people at that time, I was really irritated by what seemed to me to be the formality, the mm. bourgeois nature of British theatre. And I wanted to kick against the traces. And even then, mum and dad were quite happy. You know, they didn't... My, I, I can remember appearing nude at the almost I was, brief yes. theatre. I, I have, in my very brief theatrical career, I've, I've appeared nude in front of my mum. Got it's, the old man out. Yeah. <laughs> it's Give a very... a little polish before you go on. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't look quite as tiny. It's a very freeing thing to do. I didn't have a woman... In bed with me, if I've got the <laughs> same performance, yeah. trying to arouse me, like you did every night before you jump out naked yeah. in front of me, she was trying to get you hard. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. my mum, you see that, my mum... <laughs> We're thought, straight in there, we might yeah. as well. Just to finish the, finish Sorry, the yes. less outrageous part of the story, when my mum saw me in the nude, I said, you know, does it worry you? She said, she said uh, uh, no, no, you look like you were wearing a very smart little suit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, There's I'm going to say that to you. my boys when they have a bath, yeah. yes. But, yeah, but the, there's this <laughs> wonderful woman called uh, Maggie Ford who was a, a friend of mine who was in the show, too. She yeah. was playing my wife. And at the very end of the show, the it's a bit too complex to explain, but the, the play was called Little Hopping, Little Hopping Robin, right? And my character is Little Hopping Robin, but it is also the name of my willy. <laughs> and, and when you start seeing the play, the, the play seems really, really weird. Yeah. And after about a quarter of an hour, the audience realised yeah. yes. that it that the play was actually a dream right. that my character was having. So so you learn about his real life. It's yeah. quite a clever idea. You learn about his real life from the fantasies that he's having in the dream. And then right at the very end of the play, the... Um, there's a lighting change. There's darkness, and then the lights slowly come up. And little Hobbin Robin, my character, is in bed with his wife. It's like it's morning. Yeah. And then I get up, and I walk towards the audience with no clothes on, and I've got this electric razor, and I start shaving. So it's like the fantasy is all over, mm. and now the agony of the real world has begun. And I'm there, you know, And this isn't in, in like hand. a huge theatre. This is in like a tiny little theatre It's theater a tiny space. little theatre. So, so you're... Yeah, I think I say in the book that, that, you know, if I'd sneezed, it would have waved about <laughs> in, in the front row's face. Um, and anyway, so Maggie says to me at the dress rehearsal, she said, well, what would happen if... Um, 
you know, if you had an erection mm. at that moment. I said, don't be silly, Maggie. I said, it's, it's theatre. It, that wouldn't happen. I'm, I'm an actor. I w- I'm concentrating on, on what I'm doing. I'm not kind of having some weird sort of, you know, erotic moment mm. in front of the audience. Um, you know, I'm far too professional for that. And she said, what, were you, you don't think you'd ever have an erection? I said, no, 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 no. And she said, not even if I tried to make you have one. And I said, well, obviously, if you grabbed hold of it and waved it about, I'm... I'm like, she said, you're saying that I could do what I liked as long as I didn't touch it and you wouldn't have an erection. I said, no, no, absolutely not. There's a challenge. Absol- <gasps> what a stupid thing to know. Why yeah, did I say, yeah. no, no, absolutely not? Yeah. I could have just let it hang. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> and... <laughs> And walked away. But no, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. So. Yes. Every night at the end of the play, we would be under the duvet together in that blackout. And she would do something to me. Like I might hear her moisten her thumb and just touch my chest. Or a knee might rub my thigh. I'm getting hard now or, just um, thinking about it. This is outrageous. He actually is, listeners. Yes, very <laughs> um, erotic. And and the, the worst one. Yes. The worst one was the the night that my mum and dad came. I mean, you yeah. know, to get a little. Uh, can I say stiffy? You can say stiffy. Okay. Yes. To get you know to to get a stiffy in front of an audience would be bad enough, but in front of your mum and that is dad, very Freudian, you know what? Yeah. I mean, why that yeah. should make a difference, I don't know, but it would just be awful. Yeah. It? So. She knows my mum and dad are out there. So I'm lying there in the darkness with the duvet on and Maggie. And I'm lying there and nothing happens. And I'm thinking, what is she going to do? And still she does nothing. And then, of course, my mind starts to go, what will she do? Mm. Will she do this? Will she do that? Will she do the other? Oh, God, I think something is happening. Maggie's a very naughty yeah. lady. And then the lights went on. Yeah. And as soon and the lights went on and so I turned back the duvet yeah. and I got out of bed. But I made sure yeah. uh, my back was to the audience. So you could have a little and check. I, yeah, it, well, I did that familiar for any man who's been in that situation. The hard slap with the back of the hand. Bang! <laughs> like a monkey's tail going across <laughs> the horizon. <laughs> and um <laughs> And it seemed to be all right. But to this day, I don't know whether or not there, you know, there was a little bit more blood flowing than would normally You don't know if your case. mum was looking you in the eye, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Tony, you've said you're, you're quite happy to take calls. Uh, what about that incident? <laughs> From the authorities. <laughs> 40 years ago, I was in an experimental <laughs> theatre and I believe Tony Robinson was aroused in front of me. I'd like to... Um, all, all these years, I've thought it was because of me. <laughs> put your headphones on. We've got... Oh, right. um, if you want to call in, 0344 499 It's you. Uh, no, th- it's, uh, say hello to Alan Caddick. Oh. Hello, Alan Caddick. Good evening, Sir Tony. Oh, Sir Tony. You creep. At least somebody has said it, Ian. <laughs> I didn't know... I don't know what the etiquette is. And I was I was, was panicking about whether I should say Sir Tony. You go, oh, no, no, it's fine. Just call me Tony. But you could have given me the opportunity to be Jack the Lad, couldn't it? As I, it was. I still right? find it incredible that you... Do you still find it incredible? You are a knight of the realm. You are Sir Tony of Robinson. Is that... Yeah. You, oh, you, you, well, you, you just accept it now. Well, I, I forget about all about it now. Yeah. I mean, I swear, I swear to you, I hadn't thought about that all day until it was the first three months. I just thought it was the wildest, most crazy, yeah. 
wonderful thing in the world. You still there, Alan? By the way. Yeah, me. Yeah. All right, you're right. I know, man. All right. I mean, you're two icons of my childhood, which stay tuned and made marriage. There's hey. a little volume control if Alan's annoying you too much. If you follow your um, headphone cable, Tony. But, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, hip 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 in, by hip, the way. Hip hip hip, Alan. Nice yeah. to uh, nice to talk to you. Um, but uh, again, I don't, I don't want to do too many of the stories from the book because I think people should buy the book. But it opens up with the, you finding out that you, you'd you got... Uh, you knew you were up for some... How yes. does that work, then? Is there, like, a rumour, or does someone get in touch with you? You're not supposed to know anything right. until you get the letter. But, uh, you know, I just happened to be amongst a group of people who were... Uh, fairly close to the sources of power <laughs> and and this woman she I'm, I'm meeting with dinner and yeah. this woman who i knew just a little bit came over to me and she just lent she just lent into my head she said you um tony you may be getting a letter very soon <laughs> and i think you might be quite happy about its contents and then she looked at me and she said do you know what i mean and I said, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I hadn't a f- flipping clue. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't a flipping clue what she was talking about. Uh, <laughs> but my daughter is much more clued up about, about that, about yeah. politics, that kind of thing. She said, I think, I think that means that you're going to, you know, get something. Yeah. Get an, a, a, an award or something. And uh, and you did, and you are, and I, 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 I was so pleased when I read it, because I, I didn't know a, a lot about the, your, you know, kind of all your political work and all the, the stuff that you did in the 60s and 70s, and, you know, before you became, you know, famous in terms of the television. Um, and I was so pleased that one of the good guys had got a ridiculously wonderful you know a sir reading the book it makes more sense kind of knowing where you've come from and yeah. what you've what all the things that you've achieved and you've worked for outside of you know tv studios um it's very nice that you're flattering me like this but i can hear alan's breathing <laughs> Alan, what would you like to say to sir tony sir tony you're a true icon of my childhood with stay tuned and may marry what inspired you to create May Marion and a Merry Man? Oh, what, what inspired okay. you to create May Marion and a Merry Man? It feels like swap shop now. Yeah, it does, it? So. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I used to go and pick up my daughter from school when she was about nine or ten. And it, it, this, this may surprise you, mm. but she's not the tallest pencil in the box. Okay. And, um, and she certainly wasn't when she was nine or ten, but she has got this incredible dominant personality. Mm. And somehow or other, she had constructed the world in such a way whereby she would be the striker of the school football, the primary mm. school football team. <laughs> and, and she would go, ch- and she was just so useless at football. And, <laughs> Whenever anyone, (laughs) the ball came anywhere near her, it would bounce off her somewhere random. And all the other ten members of the team would be chasing around after her like this swarm of bees. And every time one of them got it, she would berate them. (laughs) And I remember, as I was watching her, I was thinking, God, if you'd been around at the time of Robin Hood and his Merry Men, Mm. it wouldn't have been Robin who was running the gang. And it was just that thought. Mm. It's like, you know, in Hollywood, they say you you need the one-line pitch. And and that was my one-line pitch to the BBC. Mm. And... uh, and it was like, you know, this is years and years and years ago. And, and and I got the commission, really, on that 
on that one-line pitch, I got the commission to write a pilot. And people and... talk so fondly of it still. You know, it was... Yeah. And it was one of those um, kids... Pro- kids it, it was one of those programmes that, it, that kids could enjoy it, but also adults could my, would dig it as well. My contention was... And I, th- you, I think you, you see this in Roald Dahl and, mm. and in uh, writers like Joan Aitken, Dinah Wynne-Jones, the Brothers Grimm, Hans Anderson, that, that a writer who's worth their salt... Um, who's writing what we call children's books, mm. doesn't, as it were, write for children. They write to that part of their heart yeah. and soul that they use when they're addressing children, when they're thinking about... You've got kids, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, Whenever totally. you're talking about, about your kids or their friends, there's a part yeah, of yeah. you, isn't there, that oh, is definitely. engaged with... And that, I think, is what you write into. Now, so it felt to me that as long as I'm writing into that space, I can actually say what I like and be as witty as I want to, as long as I never betray that space. Mm. And, and I think what that means is that if you're able... If, if you pull off that trick, it means that adults enjoy it as much as the kids do. Yeah. And you can even... As long as you are telling a joke that's funny for kids, if there's a colour to it mm. that also makes adults laugh, that's mm. fine. Yeah, we yeah. know why not? And that's what, what you know. An awful lot of uh, of. Sorry, one second. Alan, Alan, are you, are you either eating or masturbating? What's going on there? I'm writing an email for performance ring. Okay, you're composing an email. Okay, well, th- well, thanks for calling, Alan. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Oh, three, four, four, he four, didn't nine, answer your question. No, he did. <laughs> <laughs> did you remind me. Well, I've, the, the, the listeners will know that I've been writing. Because I, you know, I, I've d- I've written emails by doing at least one of those. <laughs> well, doing at least it one helps of those concentrate. Yeah. Um, I've been writing a list of all of all the names that pop up in your book, and I've left the bloody list at home. Um, Julia Donaldson. Yeah, talking about children's books yeah, and yeah. stuff. You you were friends. You knew her. You know her. You're a... no. I, well, I very seldom. We've got the same publisher now and all right. that kind of stuff. But no, this is in this is in the seventies. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, there were a whole. But there was a a wonderful, a, a brilliant theatre director who only died two or three weeks ago. A direct did lots of stuff for the National Theatre and the Royal Shakespeare Company called Howard Davis. Mm. Um, he and I, Julia Donaldson, um, the guy who who in, who had the idea that we should have cycle tracks round the the the, the, the whole of England, John Grimshaw, just a load of yeah. us. We were all like in our mid to late twenties in Bristol. Uh, uh, Heady smoke was in the air. <laughs> Lots of wonderful ideas. Uh, it was it was a great great time. I don't think Julia Donaldson ever had a spliff in her life. No, of course, to, not not um, indeed nor who, me. But uh, well, hang on. We'll, we'll get onto that a bit later on. <laughs> For those who don't know, Julia Donaldson. If you if you if you've got kids, you'll know who she is. She's written some of the most magical books for for young people that are just because. When you're reading, to, my boys are going to be seven and five in January, so the, the, the oldest has started reading himself now, doesn't want me to read to him. But if you're going to be reading your books books to kids, there's got to be a little something. It's got to be, yeah. you know, a good story and a, a, there's got to be something to it. And Julia has that perfectly. It's magical. There's absolutely a, magical. There's a there's a, a smartness about what she does. It's, yeah. it's, so, yeah, yeah. it's like a Japanese haiku, isn't it? You think, how can someone be that smart and that vivid? Yeah. And, and they've written a book which is about, like, 130 words or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. She conveys a whole world in those short words. Yeah, yeah. And it was... Uh, 
in a, in a way, I'm using Julia as a metaphor in in, yeah. in that book. She was one of about twenty or thirty people who were around at that time who just completely blew me away. I yeah. was like a, you know, I was had always been very much like a London-based actor, and went down to Bristol to Clifton, which is really posh now. It's a bit mm. like you know, like Shoreditch when when I was a kid was the roughest. Place. No one would live yeah. in Shoreditch. It was a joke, you know. If it, or you'll end up in Shoreditch, and and really the, exactly the same thing. Clifton's through, very Clifton. fancy. Yeah. Now, yeah, but it was in those days. It was just you know, it was it was lots and lots of flats, lovely housing stock, but yeah. lo- lots of student flats, and 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 that was the kind of environment that, that I had. I want to play you one of your greatest hits. You must be sick to death of hearing this, but I don't care. I'm going to play this because I just think this is this sums up everything about you so wonderfully. Have a listen to this. Recognise those footsteps? Yes, they are mine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it! They are my footsteps. You think they're Oliver Twist's? Everything, everything is a lie. It, that's from the the uh, yeah. original 1960 soundtrack recording of Oliver, which was made in the Maida Vale studios. Was it really? Where, yeah, yeah. Where you know the Beatles and the Stones. Yeah. Later, yeah. later, much later, did their uh, all their all those historic live BBC stuff. Yeah, yeah. So much of the John Peel stuff came out of those studios, and um, I'm I'm 13 years old. I'm I'm in this new hit musical called. Oliver, I'm just playing one of the boys, it, and it, when it, Oliver was 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 a sensation. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's easy to forget that it was. It, it, everyone was completely enamoured by it. Yeah, the thing is, in up until that time, ordinary theatre, like straight theatre, that had been bus wide o- busted wide open. Mm. Uh, all that sort of post-war politeness had gone when with people like George Osborne, mm. Al Pinter, Arnold Wesker. The musical was still Joe Osborne. Is it George? George. Uh, no, George. I said that George Osborne. Yes. John Osborne. Yeah, John Osborne. George yes. Osborne was writing plays at that time, but they were pretty <laughs> crappy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a very interesting Freudian slip. There we go. You see, yeah. you see the politics fighting yeah, to get out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. The musical at that time was American. Mm. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Paint Your Wagon, Oklahoma, Carousel. There's just millions of them. There wasn't an English musical. Suddenly, we come on this bunch of chirpy little London boys and Fagin and mm. Nancy and all that stuff. We're British. And it just, the audiences absolutely loved it. It was a smash hit. Uh, a few weeks in, the, the they realised it was a smash hit so they could start selling, you know, vinyl, yeah, old yeah, yeah. players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a few quid uh, out yeah, of it, yeah. In, uh, in, in the bars, in, in the interval. So we went in and recorded it. And the boy who was playing the Olive, uh, Oliver Twist, and actually that violin does st- sound like the beginning of the Black Adder thing, I know, I just realised that yeah, I was yeah. playing that. I thought, I can imagine his heart sinking, yeah, he's doing yeah. that. No. Yeah. But anyway, so, so Keith Hampshire, the boy who's playing the Artful Dodger, is supposed to walk up and ask for more. Yeah. But he's got, and here's a word you don't hear very often now, he's got plimsolls on. Plimsolls, wonderful. <laughs> and I go, I've got my Chelsea boots on. <laughs> <laughs> With a big heel. With a big heel. Good for you. Yeah. 13, mm. I'm like, you know, I can walk under a table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so little. 
And so I did that long and dramatic walk. Oh, and it's, it's still great. there. I mean, that album is still, yeah. you can still get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. And it's I get it. like about £7.83 uh, a, a year. Do you, really? in Do you still get residuals yeah, on yeah, that? Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's my the, happy the, feet. The, the, <laughs> we've been playing that a lot this week. <laughs> Guess who's coming on next week? Listen to these feet for a clue. Um, uh, uh, there are so many revelations in the book. I should mention the title of the book. <laughs> that would help, wouldn't it? Tony Robinson, No Cunning Plan, My Story. Um, it took me a long... Actually, the truth is... Don't um, tell me it was ghost-written. No, you bet Whoa. not. Oh, no. God, I hate that. No, seven, no, no 11, 11 months took me to write it. But anyway, uh, no, it wasn't ghost-written. The fact that you could even raise that question it actually really pisses me off. <laughs> well, so many... I've gone back to how I was when I was the dwarf at the beginning of the programme on the screen. <laughs> We've all been going nice. I know. I ask the anyway. probing questions. Yeah, <laughs> you do. So many of them are... Th- I knew yours wasn't. So many of them are these days, aren't they? And it seems oh, crazy. God. Why? I want a book that's by the person. Yeah, you know, not... well, that's what I... I you know, I, I thought... How you long know. did it take? Were you... Were you 11 months. Were, and, 11 and were you, were you kind of a strict get up at nine o'clock, go and sit in the, the no, writing room and... No, no, I've never been strict about time, but I've always been strict on delivery. It's about being an actor, so... I tried to write my autobiography four or five times yeah. prior to that, and I'd never really got beyond about the first chapter. It seemed such a narcissistic thing to do. And yeah. kind of, I was irritated with myself for doing it, you know. But then when Macmillan said to me, we will pay you... Gosh. And, yeah, that much. Wow. Uh, and, um, you, but you've got to deliver it within a year. Suddenly, so all, those, yeah, so all those actor muscles... Yeah came in so even though actually a lot of it i wrote on on the plane i I had a fabulous job during that year which was a three-part series for discovery on the wild west done in in 3d you remember like wearing the glasses yeah um uh, which was like you could only get that if you had the really expensive sky box yeah yeah and you got the glasses free and it, I, it didn't work out for them. It was a. You know, Has anyone actually thing. seen it? Because the 3D thing didn't take off. Did no, it? but they showed it in kind of two okay. and a half D. They showed it for ordinary, you know, ordinary poor for people. For plebs, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, but like getting out to Montana and places yeah. like that was hours and hours and hours on the plane. So it was great. I never used to watch any of the HBO stuff yeah. uh, or, or eat all the meals or get hammered on the plane. I just used to write and write and write there. And. Get setting up for 3D takes forever, so Does there's it? an awful okay. lot of time where I'd be just sitting, uh, you know, hanging around, and I'd just write and write and write. And it was, yeah, I managed to do it in, in the 11 it's, months. I was saying in the lift, um, it, it's very honest. And you mentioned the drugs, you know, skinning up. And, yeah. There's a, it's, it's really honest. It were, did you, you do talk about, you know, kind of smoking weed and hash and stuff, you know, you in the theatre. Weed the and hash and stuff? Weed and hash and God, stuff. you've been around me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you got high on the spliffs, you know, the, the magic cigarettes. Um, and I, was there any hesitation about being so honest and so open? Uh, well, I, you know, I've just had my 70th birthday, really. Gosh. You know, what the frig. Yeah. Um, but when I first started it, I thought this is going to be a book about my work. Yeah. Th- that's what's interesting, and that's what... <laughs> it's always embarrassing when I say, that's what my fans uh, want, to, uh, <laughs> want, want to hear about. But the more I wrote it, the more I thought, it doesn't make sense. My choices don't make sense yeah. unless I write about 
the rest of my life. It just kind of doesn't work. Yeah. And in a way, it was like very much a, a, um, a writer's muscle that made me decide to include much more of of the raw stuff mm. about, about my life, my, you know, relationships, sex, yeah. drugs, yeah. rock and roll. Um, it wasn't... It wasn't really that I wanted to be particularly sensational. I think I would have, if I had, I could have written the same stuff, but in a kind of ruder sort of way. Oh, and it was no, I, and I didn't think it was sensational at all. It was really interesting. You know, dr- I have a, 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 I have had a relationship with drugs in the past, and I was just thinking, well, I don't know if I could be that honest and and open about it. And it's not you going, hey man, I did this and I did this and I did this. It's um. Drugs were, you know, drugs are a part of a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And that, you, you, it's kind of, it's just, you know, it's just part of your life. I think what what happens, why I... Certainly I found the second half of the of the book harder to write. It's like when I was a kid and being a child professional actor and all that, um, and even, you know, the, the, the late 60s and all the nonsense that we got up to then... Um, of course, it was. I'm writing about me, but in a way, I'm looking at it down a telescope, mm. like the, the wrong end, maybe of the of the telescope. It's someone I know, yeah. But I I, I feel right, wryly amused about that person, and yeah, that person made so many stupid mistakes, yeah. and he, you know, it, if it was me now, I would do things in a different way. But you're not. You're like in your late teens, your early twenties, yeah. and the world's different. So I could do it with a kind of affection for that person. Um, and so it wasn't sort of embarrassing. I mean, there are two or three, whoa, bits in it, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, but yes. I didn't really, which when I read up to my kids, they went, oh, God, you're not going to say that in a book. <laughs> I have to go to work and with people who might have read it. But nevertheless, I, it, there was just, I felt a kind of affection for it. And hopefully that, that comes across, yeah. you know, that when I do mess up as mm. far as, sex is concerned there's a kind of gentle comedy yes about it oh the whole book's very charming um, thank you you know it, it, it's very charming it's, and i say i've I, I devoured it within a few days um and it's um it, it made me laugh a lot it also made me cry quite a bit and i tell you the, the bits that made me cry your dad when he got dementia yeah. just the, 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 that seemed to happen Really suddenly, just, you know, with, with, within a matter of moments, suddenly he went from being, in inverted commas, normal to having this air of confusion around him, you know. And, and um, my granddad had Alzheimer's, my mum's got MS, and she has kind of Alzheimer's sort of symptoms in that she gets very forgetful. Yeah. And it's hard work to deal with that. And, and it must can, I, can I just stop you right yeah, there? Yeah, go. Um, the fact that you get very forgetful doesn't necessarily mean it has anything to do with dementia. No, we all right. have that terror. Yeah, yeah. But what what people at Alzheimer's Society say mm. is it's not a symptom of Alzheimer's is not when you go into a room and forget why you've gone into that room. Yeah. We all do that, and we tend to that do that more when we get older. Yeah. And you and I, I guess, yeah, have yeah, already yeah, started doing it. Yes. The symptom of Alzheimer's is when you go into room into a room and don't know where you are. Right. So I I just think, sorry, I to pick you no, up. No, no, you're absolutely right. To an appreciate important it. observation. Yeah, but, yeah, of but course. yeah, carry on. Anyway. No, 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 I was just uh, um, it, that, it must have been incredibly tough for you and your family. Of course, it's incredibly tough. Oh yeah, it was you, an you, understatement. Uh, yeah, I mean, you are, you said to me about how quickly it happened. Mm. In a way, in retrospect, I don't think it did. Right. I think two things happened. I think first of all, my dad covered up 
his confusion. Right, okay. And we didn't recognise what it was. Yeah. And secondly, my mum, who was very much part of, as it were, that Dunkirk generation, didn't share it. Mm. Her, her, her gorgeous only son, who she's so proud of, who, of course, doesn't live at home anymore. He's got his own life. Mm. I want him to have a great career. I don't want to bother him with that stuff. I think there were... Sorry, I get quite upset thinking about that. Yeah, of course. But I think there was a year in my mum's life... She kept it. ...where she kept it to herself, and she must have been going through God knows what. But, you know, that generation was so tough Mm. and had so much belief in the fact that they shouldn't make a fuss... And indeed, we didn't know anything about art times no, in those days. No. I mean, now if it happens, <clears throat> if it happens to your mum and dad, mm. or, or you know, or me, um, there would be people around who would identify it so much yeah. earlier. But see, even the even my dad's GP had no idea what was going well, on. Well, there's that incredible bit in the book where you take him, you and your mum, take him to the doctors. And the doctor looks at you and says, "Well, do you have a cunning plan?" Mm. And it's just. Flipping heck! You know you're confronted with with this 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 unknown situation, and people are making jokes about you being on the TV. I I don't I don't really do hate. I think I'm too intellectually lazy or emotionally lazy to do hate, or for more than about three minutes, like when someone smashed your car window, or that, and you know mm. you want that you want the perpetrator's arm sawn <laughs> off slowly for about three minutes. But the yeah, but. The, the some of the treatment that my dad received at that time, although I know it was about ignorance mm. rather than people being malicious, I still feel a surge of angry hatred mm. about that. I can, and I think I will to the end of my days. The, the place my granddad ended up in in the eighties. I mean, it was just my, it's just heartbreaking yeah. to you know because they didn't people didn't know what to do the medical people didn't know what to do you know with with people that that were lost and confused like that but even even now every time an election is coming up mm. every party will talk about the fact that old people in general and those with dementia in particular are incredibly valued members of society and they must be invested in it's what is called playing to the grey vote mm. because older people tend to vote more than younger people yeah. do. The moment after the election has happened, the politicians, guess what? Mm. They've got temporary amnesia. We haven't got any money in the budget to um, yeah. invest in care homes. But, but, and... but yeah, because the clever thing is, is that by and large, it's not the government directly who does that. It's other agencies, yeah. isn't it? It, yeah. it? It's local government or it's the NHS or it's the care homes via money that goes into yeah. the care homes. Every time those cuts happen, and I'm sorry if I'm talking angry politics like someone on talk radio, but, <laughs> you know... Every you should be on the Julia Hartley <laughs> Brewer show. No, no, you shouldn't, trust me. I think I might have done a better job. Everybody in the world thinks they could have de- dealt with that situation yeah. better than they. Anyway, what we're talking... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... I've not, not listened to it. I uh, can't, can't uh, bring myself to listen to it. Anyway, um... Yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime any of those cuts happens, yeah. of course, indirectly, it, they affect the most vulnerable in society, yeah. who who are old people. So, you know, you and I remember how these things were in the uh, in the eighties. And yeah, sure, there are a lot of things that, that that have changed to some extent. But the shortfall, as far as vesting 
investing in our own people. People and it's with gonna, dementia are just us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to get worse because yeah. people are living longer. longer. And yeah, so there is going to be more and more people that will will get it, unfortunately. It, and the, it's I, it might terrifies me. It's absolutely bonkers. It terrifies you, it terrifies me. Everyone we're talking to now will feel that terror and very few people will yeah. actually get involved either socially, care-wise, yeah. politically, in trying to make things better. Oh, I've seen it, just on a slight, I mentioned my mum's got MS, and she's um, 66, and she's got terrible, she can't do anything for herself, and she's in a care home, yeah. and has been for about eight or nine years. And we've had that thing where she's had to sell the house, and all of her savings have been eaten up, and all this money that she's saved, yeah. that's all gone. And it, the last six months, it's sorted now, but she reached the £23,000 threshold. The battle we had with the council to keep her in this care home instead of just just farming her out to a cheaper one that could have been miles away. Yeah. The battle. I'm going, but but she's she's she in, over the last eight years she's giving you about thirty three hundred and thirty thousand pounds. You know, there's no humanity. There is, in it. There's a double cruelty, isn't there? Because you are you are forced, as it were, to 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 sell your nest egg. Yeah. The, the the money that you were always told by governments you ought to try and accrue. Yep. What they call Good, good, hard-working, yeah, yeah, ordinary course. people. Yes, all that is leached away f- from you. And then when you've run out, by that time you're likely to be in. Well, I mean, it's not the case with your mum, but with so many people, they're likely to be in their mi- mid eighties yeah, or, or whatever. Yeah. They've been in that care home forever and a day, and now they're told they've got to downscale yeah. the quality of their lives, which is incredible. It is just horrible. Um. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We'll take an ad. Are you okay to stick around for another fifteen? No, I'm minutes? angry now. I'm going to pace around the corridors and then maybe come back a little bit later. Feeling Le- a little bit. Late. Let's take a break and you can punch me if you want. Have you ever punched anyone? Proper punch someone in the face? It is alleged that I have, but I think I just had a red flash. Really? Mm. I bet. I bet you've got a bit of a temper on you, haven't you? Deep. Deep down. I'm worried that we're getting there. Let's go to a break. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Is, are you, is he coming back? He's stormed off. Are you coming back, Tony? Well, are you going to be sensible? Well, I'll try and be sensible, but I just think, I just think the attitude you've displayed this evening is... Disgraceful. Absolutely outrageous. You're a knight of the realm. Yeah. Is it... Um, uh, it, it must be the most thrilling day out, the day you go and get yeah. knighted. Yeah. When the old sword came down. Steady. Are we talking about the... Oh, come, come on, on. That's why I left the room. We're back uh, to that play. When, uh, when, the, when the sword came down, you know how in movies everything goes into slow-mo. Yeah. And you know how probably the only time you ever experience that is during a car crash. Yeah. You know, yeah, it does yeah, it feel does. like yeah. slow it really did feel like it happened at that moment. Oh, funny. It, was, it was old William, and he goes, it goes, da, 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 and I'm thinking, what? What is and happening now? And it must be the now? surreal thing. So you're kneeling down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do you look up at him, or do you look at the ground? You probably don't remember. No, I was looking at him. I could, he's, he's, you know, I'm no great monarchist or anything, but he's, he's really, he's a really good. 
bloke who's kind of shared... He's good at waving a sword. Well, no, yeah. He's like... He, he does, like, like, irony. He he, like, he twinkles. Yeah. He twinkles. Yeah, yeah. And when I talked to him afterwards, he was he was twinkling and he was, he was joking about it all. So it was like... I wasn't looking like uh, at someone out of Westworld <laughs> knighting me. <laughs> Which I think I might have felt was had it been there, some other members of was the Was there a part family. of you, 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 your lefty ideology... Yeah. I said that, I'm a lefty as well. Was there a part of you that kind of questioned, should I be accepting No, do you know, I think think if it had happened to me 10 or 20 years earlier, I may, that, I might well have thought that. But I thought that one of the good things that the Blair government did was Mm. to set up this thing called the Honours Committee. So... Those awards now are no longer at the behest of the PR team at Buckingham Palace. Right, right. Um, or even at the behest of leaders of political parties. Mm. You know, like anybody can be submitted and the parties can submit too. But it's then up to this this panel of people. I think there's about 40 of them altogether. Mm. And yes, admittedly, they are probably what people think of as the great and the good by and large. Yeah. But nevertheless, there's this bunch of people and the question they are asked is... Do you think this person deserves to be honoured for their contribution to the country? And I think for the answer to be yes, mm. how bloody cool is that? <laughs> you know, how great is that? Um, do I feel guilty about that? No, I don't. You can argue about it with me in a pub if you like. Yeah. Don't care. I'm really proud to Good. receive that honour from my country. Good. Well, it's nice to hear it put that way. Um, you know, are you aware of the affection that there is for you in this country? I think I say this room. <laughs> I've loosened my belt when you left the room, Tony. Yeah, that was just weight. <laughs> right, it is, uh... um, no, I guess not really. It, really, because there is an incredible when, when of all the guests that we've had on, so many people are so excited, and there's a real because of time, Tim, which I've confessed to you I've never seen, but. Um, but that was a phenomenon because of Blackadder, because of all of these things. People feel like they know you, I think. Yeah. And people, I have never heard or read a bad word about oh, you. Oh, you should see my Twitter feed. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I would. I remember reading Dirk Bogard years ago, who yeah. was the nation's heartthrob. Yeah. He said. That is nothing to do with me," he mm. said. He said, "I am, am ambitious, manipulative thug," <laughs> as he said. Most people in show business are. Yeah. I just happen to have wonderful eyes, <laughs> and I just thought, I thought that was a wonderful observation. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm, I've always been ambitious. Yeah. I, I, I do. I can have a temper on me i can get very grouchy Mm. i would never do and i've been asked loads of times to i would never do i'm a celebrity get me out of here have you been asked oh yeah 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 i wouldn't do it a because i'm boring b because i'd come across looking like a real ass (laughs) (laughs) why because you'd be bossing people around or you'd be you'd just just be grumpy with the situation i'd get tired and irritable i think yeah yeah Yeah. oh don't do it no don't do any of that big brother though you'd be up for that you go in the big brother house 
I just wouldn't be very nice. I'd, uh, That's what we I'm want too, to see. <laughs> yeah. That's what we I'm want too, to see. Well, you know. Do it. No, 200 grand? No. <laughs> um, we, we, we must mention this. The, the book, by the way, Tony Robinson, No Cunning Plan. I'll, I'll retweet the, the link on Amazon as well. Uh, ideal Christmas present, guys. Um, For everybody in the family, guys. Everybody. <laughs> um, you, you're, you've been doing a series of kind of live dates to promote the book. You've got mm. one more coming up? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is soppy romanticism. This is great. Okay. I love this. Okay. It's in South Woodford, mm. which is uh, like uh, further on from uh, East London. Yeah. You know, it's... it's it, well, it's, no, it's actually in Woodford Green. The postcode is no longer London. It's where Essex starts. Right. And it's at the Sir James Hawkey Hall where I did all my amateur acting oh, when I was nine or ten and where my mum and dad did all their amateur acting oh, in, a, isn't that in a group called the Wanted Players. And I just thought it would be really lovely be proper to magic. end my book tour, which has gone all over the country in some really, you know, lovely gigs. Uh, is it the, is, is the theatre been done, has much been done to this, this venue? Is it's it? a, it's a nice, it's a, it's a nice hall. But, 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 but is it, I mean, it's a is, 60s is, hall with is, a stage. Is it the same hall? It, is it the same hall yeah, that your mum and yeah, dad I, I, would have been it, it's in? It's funny because I, I was round that way fairly recently, and I, I peered, in, I, I, I peered in through the double doors, and there was just a crack, just a few inches big. And yeah. This is when I decided I wanted to do it, there. and I peered in, and I could see, and it looked just the same. Oh, fantastic! As it did. I That's think probably. Brilliant. Probably the chairs aren't those. You know those like, like metal tubular ones with a bit of canvas on? Yes. I think they're probably not that anymore. <laughs> they're probably a bit comfier than oh, that. Oh, isn't that fantastic, though? So what that, a yeah. lovely thing so that's to on, do. that's on Wednesday evening at the Sir James Hawkey Hall, Woodford Green, well, and you're, if you live around that way. What are you on Twitter? Because you're, 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 you're Tony underscore Robinson. I am, yeah. So there's yeah. a Tony Robinson... Who got there first? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was never kind of very interested in doing it, and about six months ago, I decided to have a have a go at it, yeah. uh, and and I've really enjoyed welcome, it. Welcome to the dark side. Yeah. It's all downhill well, from yeah, here. Yeah, I see how people. Yeah, people. Are- can be really daft. But uh, actually, what I, I what I do find nice is that when people slag me off, actually, there's always two or three people out there who will come and defend me in a witty way. Yeah. You know, they'll play that joke. I mean, you and I were playing that yeah, joke yeah, earlier yeah. on. Oh, no, I meant every word of yeah, that. Well, and, Ma- you know, Mad Cat. I thought Mad Cat would turn out to be, you know, a nice middle-class no. producer. She... Listeners, she is in rags. Her hair is like Miss Havisham. It, it, it's a bit hideous. And I can say that because she won't, she doesn't understand most of what's going on. <laughs> You're it's a horrible. braver man than me! <laughs> Blimey! I was gonna, uh, there's so much in the book that I, 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 I sort of want to talk about, but I don't want to talk about so I don't want to I've just opened the book randomly. John Wayne. Yeah. You work with John Wayne. And I love the bit where. <laughs> Well, there's there's so much about that 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 whole story is great, but the, um, when John Wayne's trying to improvise um, some dialogue <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't have a clue because he's from a different world, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. that's not what he was, was it? But no, he's no. really struggling to improvise. It, it was one of the weirdest times in my life. I mean, I won't go into I, I talk at length about John Wayne yeah. because. 
I, I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I, that before we started all this, that so much of my life, that there's a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead by Tom Stoppard, and it's a brilliant device. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who in, the ha- who in Hamlet are tiny, tiny parts. They pop in twice, don't they, I think? Yeah, something like yeah. that. This is something like that. But in this play, it's about their lives and them talking to each other, and then suddenly... Two or three times an act, Hamlet will come by, and suddenly the lights blaze, <laughs> and, they're, and, and they're sort of trying to talk to Hamlet, but he's talking to his court, and everyone thinks Hamlet's wonderful, and then the, the, Hamlet disappears again, and the lights yeah, go it's dim, and, and, and uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are just talking to each other in their boring way. <laughs> I have felt for most of my life like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and and so uh, when I'm making this film with John Lane, I've, Wayne, I've just got this bit part in it, you know. Every every week or so, suddenly he would be there with yeah. his whole court, and everything would be dramatic, and everything would turn different. And there was this one time where I'm shooting a scene with him in the King George V dock. This is when it when there was still a dock there, although yeah. it was you know it was really rotting and falling apart. And I'm jammed in his Winnebago, and. For, you know, Winnebago always sounds really exotic. They are fairly small, and when you've got him and all his producers and all their acolytes, it's a posh caravan. It, it is, it, it is. Yeah, 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 exactly. So when all all his people are there, and there's me and the director, me and the director are kind of pushed up against the lav, <laughs> and the director's trying to explain to him about how he should improvise, and he is totally unable to understand the concept of improvisation and at the same time he is unbuttoning his shirt and this giant of a man, this god of a man, reveals himself because he's just got over having cancer as having the biggest mother-hugging scar see what I did there, that you've ever seen in your life that that starts at his throat and goes yeah. down to his tummy button and then turns left like someone's opened him up like a book. Mm. And I'm tr- still trying to have this bizarre conversation with him. And at the same moment, his wig man is putting on his wig, which is the most important thing in the film. Yeah. It's far more important than the, 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 this wonderful hulk of a man underneath it. The wig must have cost, you know, and must have cost thousands of pounds and must have sacrificed the hair of probably a quarter of the <laughs> developing world. And But it's like solid. If he had spun round, the, 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 the wig would have stayed Fantastic. where it was. And all that, and, I, and we're trying to do an impro class, darling. <laughs> <laughs> time it was pretty weird and he doesn't get it does he so yeah. so i'm 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 angry yeah but yeah. i understand what's going on yeah <laughs> and i'll say i'll throw you in the water yeah, yeah you do that john yeah. it's very, very quick we've only got a couple of minutes left and and the the, the book it, the book really is a joy tony and it's, it felt very weird meeting you this evening because uh, i've read this over the last five days and it feels like I, I know you. I don't know you, of course not. But, if, you know, you give so freely of yourself in the book. In the last two minutes, though, Steve Marriott of The Small Faces. You were yeah. friends with Steve Marriott as, as a kid. Yeah, but it was one of those, it was one of those funny fr- friendships. Um, I, I, I think most kids have got them. We were supposed to be like great friends. Yeah. And in a way, we were. But he bullied me. Oh no! So much of the time, Did he? yeah, yeah. He was a black big. He he was a bit younger than me, but yeah. he was like this beefy boy. Yeah, yeah. And he was from Plasto, which was rougher than South Woodford, so he could be like this rough boy. Yeah. And he was in Oliver too. He was my understudy in Oliver, and. Uh, uh, 
if you hear it, listen to his songs now. Yeah. And you can hear that he's like this cross between Little Richard and the Artful Dodger. Yeah, it yeah, is, there really is that. It really Isn't is that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and, so we, we assumed that we were friends. It wasn't like that we weren't friends, but we but were friends. That had, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. But it was all right, because later, if you read his autobiographies, that's what he did to everybody. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and until I, I kind of read about him and his struggle, because he had straight, he really no, struggled with... sad life, And he struggled with personal success. relationships, yeah. you know, and people did go, go off him, because that's kind of, that's what he'd learned, that's how he'd learned how to deal with things. And it was such a liberation to me, because I thought it was just me. Yeah. It's like, you know, imagine if, you know, imagine if Paul McCartney had bullied you and you thought you were the only person in the world <laughs> that Paul McCartney had bullied. There's that bit where you go and you, he, he gets a bit of success with the, with the band and, and you go and see him in a concert and you wait backstage to, to meet him and, and he comes out, he doesn't notice you because there are screaming fans, yeah. but he looks kind of bloated and unhappy and disinterested and um, it, it, very sad life. I still to this day don't know whether he caught, caught my eye or not. Mm. At that moment, and I just, I just, you know, the 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 doors of the coach close, yeah. and they drive off, and you it's went. like, you know, my childhood is is driving off with them. Tony, it, it's such a thrill to meet you, and thank you so much for coming in. And uh, the book is an absolute joy. Uh, Tony Robinson, No Cunning Plan. Um, it's out now. The show again, is it this Wednesday? That's this Wednesday at the Sir James Hawkey Hall. And if people in, want to get tickets, where do, you don't know, do you? I've asked, I've asked the wrong person yeah. that question. Um, I'll, I'll retweet the link for the book and people can um, come and hassle you on Twitter. <laughs> Cheers, mate. It's so nice to meet you, Tony. It was fun, wasn't it? This is brilliant. Well done. Um, fantastic. Sir Anthony... There we go. It seemed like it was only three hours, this interview. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky git. Um, we'll take your calls after the news. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I'm all thumbs, yeah. no action, attention, deficit, distraction. Yeah. My brain operates on a fraction. All thumbs, no human interaction. I I spell checked it. I stand autocorrected. I am not your life support to make an outlet for my iPhone. I'm on your diet. Asterisk that. I am not your life support to 
Um, I was realising towards the end of that interview... Let me just have a little smell in my pits. Yeah, I was smelling a bit fresh. I was smelling a little bit fresh. Did Tony Robinson diss Julia Hartley Brewer during that interview? I think he did. I think he pwned her. Um, I was smelling a bit fresh. I went to the gym before the show. I did a 45-minute... Sp- I did 20 minutes weights... And then 45 minutes spinnings. I showered there. They fixed the shower facilities. Um, they fixed the shower facilities. Um, and I think I put deodorant on, but I was aware that my deodorant was causing quite a lot of um, s- smoke in oh. the changing room. So I did maybe, but I felt, I, I think I smell a bit. Okay, Where are you going? Come on. Oh, flipping it. Hey, rap fans. Um, that was fun, wasn't it? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Who have we got on tomorrow? Hang on a second. Let me get you the book. Oh, I've left it in the other room. Anyway, tomorrow we've got a gentleman on who has written a book about Stephen Stills. Love the one you're with. So that'll be good. And then Wednesday, we have Peter Tatchell um, on the show. Just because I think Peter Tatchell is an absolute legend... And a hero. And um, we should tell our legends and our heroes. Is, is it Wednesday that Tatchell's coming on? Uh, I think it is, isn't it? Dougie's coming in on Thursday. Dougie Anderson. There we go. There we go. There we go. No problems, any solutions. Dougie's coming in. Dougie Anderson's coming in on Thursday to talk about a new project he's got on YouTube. He's, he's putting up his own shows on YouTube. He sent me the latest one, actually. I need to have a look at that. Tatchell on Wednesday. Tomorrow it's the guy who wrote the Stephen Stills book, whose name escapes me. And David. That, yeah? Something David. Something. And that, dear listener, is your week of guests. Week of legends, I'm calling it. Uh, Peter Tatchell Wednesday. Yes, I know, I just said that. Just to confirm. Um, 0344. No, I do not want a normal cup of tea, Edward. I will buy some more Red Bush tomorrow. 0344. 499-1000. Well, now, I've got, I just, refresh my Twitter. Couldn't really do it when Tony was here because it was rude. 120 tweets. That was brilliant. Can you ask him this? Can you ask him that? He's brilliant. Tell him he's fab. One what? phone call. Now, I don't want to go all um, Richard Spendlove on your ass. But? But if this doesn't change, and I've thought long and hard about this, and I've spoken to my wife, so I'm not saying this lightly. If this doesn't change, then I will be... Retiring. <laughs> promises, promises. Promises, promises. Promises, promises. He was fun that and now he's now he's um He's tweet, still abusing me. He's tweeting Lino and oh dearie dearie me. Um <laughs> what well, he, he was nice, wasn't he? Yeah, you were so nervous. I was really nervous, really nervous. We were chatting to him for half an hour in the in the uh, in the green room, in um, the talk radio office, and um, there is a lot of affection for him. That wasn't misplaced. Me saying that was it. it was maybe he was being modest when he said he was unaware of it because he must be aware of it. Everybody, everybody like he's seventy. I know. Flipping egg. Flipping egg. I did confess to him I'd never watched Time Team. Oh, haven't you? No, I've never seen oh, it. Oh, I've watched it. I used to love it. Yeah, no, I think the thing is, I think I probably would love it. It's just, I, I, I just one of those things I never got round to watch it. I don't really watch TV now, so um, it would um, it would be meaningless to me. Um, let's um, take some phone calls. Jonathan. Hello. Hello, Jonathan. 
My name is Lindsay Janeway. My personal pronoun is C, pronounced X-H-E. And I have seen the light. I have now embraced the world of social justice warriors. I am a social justice warrior. I am a trans female, trans black, trans Jew woman who has given up her white male privilege in solidarity with all the oppressed women and minorities of the world. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Jonathan. You okay, hon? Someone is on new meds. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's on new drugs, aren't they? Oh three four 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 nine nine um one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um you're more than welcome to. Um I can lend you the Tony Robinson book now. Be careful, it's signed. Well he said to me I am not allowed to borrow it, I have to buy one. Yeah, well, he's not gonna know. Is uh, he? What he doesn't know is I'm gonna do photocopies of it and sell it for, <laughs> sell it for five pence. Um we had fun on Friday night. We had planned to um after the show oh, don't. go to Edgware the Edgware Road because they've got all those um hookah bars. Shisha. Shisha, a little bit of shisha. Um Don't be telling people we go to hookah bars. And because they're open, as we found out, twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. And they do they do nice uh, little lamb kebabs, whatever you want. Be- beautiful, beautiful when we go, beautiful bit of food. It's only about the when we What was it? Go? I had a chicken taub. Hey? Mm. Um, anyway, we were driving there, and you, being an idiot, you curbed it, mm-hmm. and you knackered... Both right tyres. Both driver-side tyres. And not just like... They were ripped to shreds. It was like I'd been in some sort of chariot race with Ben-Hur. Mm. And lost. Um, did they have tyres on the chariot race? I don't think so. Okay, well, I would be driving, and he would be in the chariot... Anyway, anyway, you, I need to have like slashes. You drive like side. a dickhead. No, I don't. I don't. You I did them. I did then, but I, I don't. I wouldn't. I would say I don't do that as a matter of course. And um, I was excellent. You were. I was excellent. I went into a bit of a, a sort of spasm, a mind spasm. You did. You turned into a girl. Oh no! Turned into mad calf. <laughs> Not even mad calf, just rubbish calf. You, you just sat there and I was going, right, I'll I'll sort this out. I, have, I had no idea. I'll sort this out. So I phoned the AA up, mm-hmm. which of which I'm a member, of which you are not. No. I paid, um, and I'm not keeping a tally, but I paid <laughs> £55 to upgrade my membership so that I am now with the AA, not my car. Right. So any, any vehicle I'm in... Mm-hmm. That has a problem. I can phone the well, AA. You get extra reassurance for that fifty-five pounds. Well, you're I, welcome. I don't. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm counting every penny that I spend, and I spent fifty-five pounds, and, and that's fine. And you, you didn't offer to. I didn't know about that. You just told me about that. You were there when I paid it. I did not know. You that. were. I told you that night. And I was in your car. I didn't hear the conversation. Why did you think I was giving her... Uh, why did you think I said, OK, well, I'll upgrade my AA membership. Here's my card number. What do you think that was? I was in a spasm, mind spasm. So anyway. I did that. And um, she said, Lady said, OK, we will find a local tyre place. This was all. This was about quarter to two. Yeah. We will find a local tyre place and they will... We'll be in touch. And I was like, all right, fine. And within about 10 minutes, they phoned up and said, oh, we found somewhere. Um, and they're coming out to you. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand, by the way. 
um, they're coming out to you and they'll be with you by quarter to three. I thought, yeah. oh, actually, that's not bad going. No, we were lucky. That's so not bad thought. going. They then rocked up. So then we decided, oh, let's walk down and, 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 and get some food because there'll be an hour or so, 45 minutes. Away. But as soon as we got to the place, we got a phone call from the guy about quarter past two saying, I'm, I'm at your car. We thought, this is a result. Mm-hmm. Absolute result. Um, so we dashed back and there he was. And he said, I'll do, I can do the two tyres. 75 quid a tyre, 150 quid. Um, took me 20 minutes. Hey, beautiful, fine. So we sat in my car mm-hmm. and um, listened to Amateur Hour. <laughs> um, and then 20, 20 minutes later, he said, right, we're done. And so I paid 150 quid. So it's 200 and, 205 quid it's cost me. And Did you see that I paid you back that same night? You paid me back for one of the tyres, yeah. Uh, so, you, well, it turns out only one of them worked. Two hundred and five pounds minus seventy five is what I paid. It's very pressing. What of I paid me. for your um, incompetence. <laughs> so then we like, well, let's drive down to the restaurant because it's it's like two traffic lights away. And it was cold. It was freezing. So we drove down, and then we parked up, and your car was making a funny noise as you were reversing. And I looked. What was at, the noise? And I looked at your front tire, and I said, "That tire is flat." And you came out, and you went, "No." And I said, "I think it's not completely flat, but it but wasn't it low." Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, and I was compa- and I said, "Right, straighten up the wheels," because sometimes, as I've found before, if you've got the steering wheel turned, it t- straighten up the wheels. And I'm going around all the tires with my the torch on my phone. And boy, oh boy, what did we do? I remember years ago I bought a phone because I needed a phone in an emergency. Um, this is before we had torches on phones. And the, so it was like like an old sorry, like a phone. So it's like this. Right. I know what a phone looks like. And the end of it was a torch. Oh. Like it was an actual <laughs> proper... Wow, really? Flat, what the Americans would call a, a flashlight. Um, not a fleshlight. No, that's You know what different. that is? I do. Why would you... I mean, what's wrong with your hand? Also, well, you won't be able to see your iPad anymore, will you? Well, no, because what you—the way it works—is you'd have your computer screen there, and you'd be looking at a POV, and you'd have that. But just—I mean, seventy-five quid. Um, but and also, you're never going to get that properly clean, are you? No, 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 no. That is gonna—I mean, anyway, we're, we're going off on a flashlight tangent. So. Um, so I'm, I'm going, I think, and I'm going, well, I think, and I was doing that thing where you kick it. I don't know what you're kicking it for. I was really impressed by that. I thought you were doing I a, don't know what that's I for. I thought you were doing a thing. I was doing, I know that if you kind of stand on it and it's really flat, it will wobble, but it wasn't really wobbling. I thought, oh, but it looked a bit. So I phoned the guy up and I said, we've just left you. We, c- could you just come and check the tyre? Because it looks a bit, it just looks a bit flat to me. And I really am thinking, oh, I'm being a stupid. I, no, I was thinking he knows what he's talking about. Stand no, back, Kath. No. So the guy rocks up. Let him do the man thing. And he gets out a little thing that measures the air pressure. Go and he on. said, right, it should be 31. I heard that, but I'm ignoring it. Um, he said, it should be... Th- he goes, yeah, it's 31. And I went, oh. I said, do you not think it looks a bit flat? He said, well, what? yes, it does. It looks a little bit flat. But what did he say? This, <laughs> this is bit- beautiful. He said, sometimes when they're new, they look flat. But it's just until you wear them in. Yeah, he basically was saying... That some new tyres don't look round until you've driven on them for a bit. And then somehow bounce Then up. they round and out. And it's I, a bit like when you get your hair cut, it can look a bit small, and yeah. then you wash it yourself. Wash it yourself. Oof. 
Um, and I trusted him. I thought, oh, all right, fair play. And we shook his hand. And we shook his hand. And then we went and ate. And then we... Um, I called him a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah, I know. We were really nice to him. And then we ate. And I was I was tired. I was very, very tired. Falling asleep at the table. So we got, we got in our cars, said goodnight. Off you went. Off I went. And I got home at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. I slept... For 13 and a half hours. Now, I would have. But one, driving home, my... Driving home for Christmas? Dashboard cam- My dashboard computer said, front right tyre is low. So I thought, oh, blimey, I'm up tomorrow. I'm supposed to be going to the synagogue for the first time to see my friend having her baby um, blessed. Yeah. So me and Little Un, early doors... All getting all dolled up. I got. I did her hair and everything. You know, made sure she was like washed, which I never, obviously, normally bother with on a weekend. Put her in the back of the car. Present on her knee. She was so excited about going to the synagogue. And I said, right, before we go, I'm going to have to go and um, pump these tires up because I'm a bit worried about the front right one, which again looked a bit low, but not flat. Yeah. By the time I got to the garage, which was about a mile down the road, completely, completely flat, gone, like the one that I'd been replaced, like 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 I'd ragged it. Yeah, completely gone. Um, so when I woke up 13 and a half hours later, half past five in the evening, it was dark again. I'd taken a, I'd only taken half a pill to knock me out. I'm trying to cut down the pills a bit, see if it affects my weight. Um, and, and it was 13 and a half hours of the worst nightmares. The word, Joe, I will come to you in a minute. I promise. I see you were the worst anxiety dreams. Awful, awful. It's all about, um, packing. It's all about packing and oh. having too much stuff. Um, and so then I saw your that picture. I was like, right, I'm not having this. So I phoned up the tyre people and said, right, my mate, rubbish tyre, I want a refund for that tyre, please. She could have been killed. Yeah, I want a refund for that tyre. So he said, whoa, 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 whoa. You saying the tyre was flat when he fit, fitted it? I said, yes. Well, she couldn't have driven it home then. I said, well, yeah, I don't mean completely flat. When you say flat, you don't mean completely flat. He said, right, OK, where does she live? And I said, and he said, well, I, well, she'd need to bring the car to us and we can look at the tyre. And I said, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't understand, my friend. Um, you're going to give me the money for this. And we, we started, getting a, it started getting a bit tense. Did you have a man off? A bit, and I realised I was about to lose my temper with him. So I stopped and I went, I'll get her to phone you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you found him and he said he'd sort it out. I totally girled him. Yeah. Because in between times, I'd taken my car over the road to the tyre place in my town where, where he's brilliant. Yeah. And not only did he have a look at the tyre for me and write on the invoice exactly what had gone on with it, he also told me which photographs to take to show that certain bits of work had not been done. He'd not, oh. he'd not balanced the tyres. Did he charge you for balancing the tyres? No, he didn't. No, I, no it, was, it was just 75 quid a wheel. Right. So he should have balanced the tyres and he should have sealed them. And uh, the guy at the tyre place did this little video for me where he poured liquid on and you could see all the oil bubbling up. He said, look, you've had it. You were lucky to get home. So I confronted him with that evidence and uh, I've sent him... I said, I've got it in an email. Well, And, and, and he said, OK, it sounds like it's our fault. I'm well, really then sorry. I, then, I've, then I've sent him an email. I've not had anything right, okay. back. Well, well, listen, this is where I come in handy. OK. Because I used to be consumer journalist. Yes. Your contract isn't with him, it's with the AA. The AA should sort oh, it out. Oh, I'm, I'm bored now. I'm bored. AA. Have a word with them. Thanks very much.
Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Who's who's this, um... Neil Page, who is this? Ian and his pal Kath have blocked me, so can't comment at Talk Radio. Just not worth it, losing listeners when you block people. Neil, I have no idea who you are. Um, Obviously, you're still listening. And if we lose idiots as listeners, well, then that can only be a good thing. You want to be listening mid-mornings, okay? Um, Joe! Finally. Sorry? Yeah, finally, I said. Well, what, what's, what, you, you know I'm hovering over the dump button in me right now. Oh, no, it was a riveting story, to be fair. I did enjoy... He's gone. God, <laughs> what a waste. Well, I mean, it's, I'm not... <laughs> Don't come on with a, with an attitude. Jesus. What, what is this? <laughs> what... Flipping I think we've had an hour of niceness with Tony Robinson, so we've got to have a little bit of snide back. Thanks, thanks, Joe. For calling, it's appreciated. 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lots of people upset. Lots of people. Piers Morgan's upset that the lady from the Gogglebox has won I'm a Celebrity. Okay. He's furious about it. I'm upset that Piers Morgan is breathing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm upset that Piers Morgan the, uh, uh, has a television job. There's some stuff going on, Piers. I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, as someone who um, was a proper journalist at some point, maybe you should stop getting on at um, well, mid-20s mid girls. Well, you know, he, you know, Piers, he, he doesn't like to question where photographs come from, guys. Why would he want to question where photographs come from? Why would he want to do that? Instead, he'll just have a pop at some young girl that's won a, a silly show, you know, that is absolutely meaningless. But you keep on sticking your tongue up um, Donald Trump's backside, Morgan. Yeah? You see where that gets us, for crying out loud. I mean, I don't know who she is, but well done her. For you do w- know who she is. She's from Gogglebox. Well, She's I don't, the, like the Geordie one. I don't know. You watched know. a couple. I, I, had, I don't get the Gogglebox. Um, I don't know. I do get it. I do get why it's so popular and why people like it. It's just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just not my cup of tea, really. But I can understand. But it's just an advert for other TV programmes. Yeah, yeah. It's a pick of the week and they're excellent programmes. That's awkward. Seven days of talk radio. That's awkward. Sunday afternoon. Is that still going? Yeah. Only just. But it's still there. Clinging mm. on. I've not looked at any of the... Uh newspapers today so i've got no idea what is going on um oh there's a there's a policeman who keeps having a little sleep busted the cop who keeps taking a nap while on duty let's read this shall we this should be good um a police support oh it's a police support officer has been caught repeatedly snoozing on duty the hapless crime fighter hapless has also been spotted texting and making calls from his personal mobile phone. In a string of snaps and videos, the Met Police PCSO is seen napping in cafes and and other public places. (laughs) Who is following this guy around? 03444991000, by the way. Um, One clip 
So, well, this is, it must be people must just... Must <laughs> is, be, is it stopped? one person or is it a significant number of people? Let's find out. One clip shows him sleeping on a bus and failing to stir from his slumber when his radio goes off. Oh. But residents in Harrow, northwest London, have grown tired of his antics. <laughs> <laughs> Poor soul. They're not the only one who's tired. And have uh, questioned whether taxpayers' money is being well spent on the officer. One said, all he seems to do is yap on his phone or get some kip in. I could understand if he was on a break in the station, but he does it on buses. And even in my mate's canteen. <laughs> he has no shame. He's supposed to be looking out for us. It's nice to know my taxes are being well spent. I've just seen the pictures. <laughs> he is, I mean, he is He's out well of away, it. He? he is, he is Sparko. Gosh. Um, another said, he's just like Chief Wigan from The Simpsons. <laughs> always falling asleep. With no idea what's going on around him. Uh, Met Police PCSO's basic pay is between 22 and 24 grand. Um, Met Police. Oh, poor. Poor lad. Isn't it one of the greatest things in the world? That moment where it, it happens obviously at school and college, but it happens at work. Where you're tired, right? But you, you think, I'm just going to close my eyes, but I'm listening. Mm. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I wonder what it would feel like to be a fish. <laughs> and then the head goes. The head goes. I, just that thing where it goes. At, at uh, university, I used to do a lot of uh, deep reading, where I'd have the book there on the desk. So it would be the lecture, I'd have the book open. I do this thing where you sort of cradle your head yeah. in your hands like that. Yeah. I get away with it until the moment where my hands would give way and I'd end up nutting the book. That that moment of release where your your head just either falls off your hands <laughs> or it just that moment of release and it, it can only be. Well, hang on a minute. Let me time it. So tell me when to go. Go. What? Say it louder. Go. That's like less than a second. And it, but it feels like you've fallen about a meter. And you've um, probably only done a couple of inches. And also, you really... Um, I go to some gentlemen's meetings from time to time, and they can be quite dry affairs, so I've, I've, I've done that before. And also, you're, you, you think that everybody is looking at you, and quite often they're not. Quite often, no-one's aware of you. And you think, oh, that was close. Right, I'm really going to stay awake now. Staying awake. But I'm, I am resting my eyes, but I am awake, <laughs> and I'm listening... Just, just having gills though. What would? Oh, and you're away again. But then some people make a noise, don't they? Yeah. Oh. It might be a. <sighs> or more likely, with that moment of release that you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that noise. Do like that noise. <laughs> busted. Busted, man. Busted. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. I'm in. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's um, and then I slept again. 
last night, last night, I slept for about another 14 hours. Mm. What is going on? I don't know what's going on. I think it is. um, I felt really rough all weekend, actually. It It was a tough old weekend. It was a tough week last week. But we made the last two or three shows of the week very upbeat because everyone, because some people were upset that the show was a bit miserable. So we made it upbeat and that was fine. And we did that and it was great. Uh, they're excellent shows, by the way, guys. Um, oh, I just thought there was a bit in that Tony Robinson thing, Ed. Um, the If you can get two minutes of him talking about his not getting an erection... <laughs> Put that out as a SoundCloud, dude. Put that. It's about. It was about twenty past because I remember looking at it and thinking, "Oh, that would be a good SoundCloud." I must tell. It was like one of the first anecdotes you managed to get out of. It was about fifteen minutes, twenty past. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. The the, honestly, Kath, and you know, I'm always reading books, and quite often they're for guests or you know, just because I like reading. Um, But I've I I would just come in and read passages from that Tony Robinson. Yeah, it's been a really boring week for me. (laughs) Apart from I would get read along and Ian every now and again. You go, oh, listen to this, calf. But what was great was when Tony came in. He came in about half past nine, and so I was getting him to tell the sweary stories that he couldn't tell on the air. The Brian Blessed one. But he would. Where is? Where's? Pass me the book. I'll read the the, the Brian Blessed bit. Did uh, I? I don't have it. I, I go oh, here to, it is. Yes, this is the the Brian Blessed bit. Because um, he's worked with everybody. And it's funny the names of Bobby Julia Donaldson, you know. Because I thought, oh yeah, we. Um, although I would suggest that Alex Scheffler. Scheffler. Is the brain. Axel Scheffler. Then 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 then. I watched her. I've got signed books by her because she came into work once. I watched a film with Eddie Murphy in today. Did you? What for? I... Fun. What was it? Well, here's the thing. Have you ever seen Bowfinger? No. Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin. Two of my least favourite people. Oh, it's funny. No. Bowfinger is... Bowfinger is very, very funny. Bowfinger is... is at, do you know what? I might have to watch Bowfinger tomorrow. <laughs> Bowfinger is hilarious. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm I remember not... it being on the cinema. That shows how old I am. Hang on, dear listener. I'm not oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Can someone phone up and concur with me that Bowfinger is actually one of the funniest films? And I don't really like either of the ge- those gentlemen. I like the idea of Steve Martin. I quite like Steve Martin. Uh, I just don't think his films are that f- funny. But um, oh, where's the Brian Blessed bit? Um, but Bowfinger is absolutely. Laugh out loud, hilarious. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, it's past it, because Simon D. I didn't mention the Simon D bit. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, dearie me. 03444991000 is the telephone number. Um, oh, I don't know where it is. Anyway, but Brian Blessed would, would um, come up to him, he bumped into him in a, in, um, a shopping centre in Shepherd's Bush, and grabbed him from behind, put him in a necklock, headlock, and went, Officers, arrest this man! He likes to... Old women! <laughs> and Tony said that because it was Brian Blessed, you know, you wouldn't get the disapproval... Because he said a quite strong sexual... Yeah, the F word! And he said, you know, normally that would create outrage in a, in a packed shopping precinct to mixed company, but apparently even the old dears were loving it, because it was Brian Blessed. 
People would love it. People mm. would absolutely love it. I love Brian Blessed because he's just an outright liar. You know, every single time he does an interview, he comes out with some out, some other outrageous claim. Oh, he delivered a baby and chewed the umbilical cord. Picked <laughs> it off and then licked the baby clean. Let's get let's get Brian Blessed on the show. Let's see if we can. Let's ask Brian to come on the show. That would be lovely. How nice of Tony to come in for an hour as well, and and because not not. Many people want to come in, rightfully so. Why would they? I said you can come. We can do it on the phone. You're welcome to come in if you want to. Not for a second imagining he wants to come in at ten o'clock at night. You know. Michael has said, "Kath, that dodgy tire geezer. Do you want me to go round and torch his workplace? (laughs) As it's nearly Christmas, and as it's you, I'll do it free of charge." Wow, thanks, Michael. We we'll go through the usual avenues first. Um, yeah. But thanks, Michael. See, that's gentlemanly. I watched some really uh, yeah. So I watched um, what was the Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy and Ben Stiller. I love Ben Stiller, mm-hmm. even in his rubbish films. And he's made some rubbish films. I find Ben Stiller just incredibly watchable. Also, because I'm trying to work out if he's going bald. He does a little bit of hair magic. I'm mm. sure Ben Stiller is doing a little bit of hair magic. Um, I think that's what's going on. But um, I watched a film called. Tower Heist. Right. It's a good cast. Tower Heist? Tower Heist. Right, what's that It's about? like an old-fashioned caper. Um, good cast. Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Alan Alder. Oh. Matthew Broderick. What? Yeah, chubby Matthew Broderick. Chubby, old Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. And some other people I hadn't heard of. Uh, and it's good. It's a good old-fashioned caper. Um, workers are wronged by a multi-billionaire guy, so they plot revenge to go and rob his his penthouse apartment. It was brilliant. And how does that work out? But don't spoil it. And it was uh, 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 Eddie Murphy was very funny, but a little. Here's the thing, right? Eddie Murphy is at his funniest when he's being homophobic. <laughs> Really? Yeah, because if you ever if you watch Raw, oh, I used to love Raw. Yeah, you couldn't watch it now. It's on Netflix. You can. It's all about faggots. Oh, well, I just remember it being about women, and he would no. do he would do all the jokes, and he would do like the accents about being with African women and stuff like that. It's all about faggots. Is there's it? a bit about putting a faggot on top of a police car, and it's all it's all about. I remember that? All of it. That and dangerous. I think was the other one. Yeah. Right. It's all about that. Me and right. my mate Ben used to watch that on repeat. Yeah. Oh, well, I suggest you go and watch it with. Um, your new woman's so, eyes. <laughs> Someone less homophobic. And then there's a bit in in the, in this film where he's. I was laughing. I thought, oh yeah, but he's being homophobic. Was so, he doing a thing? Was he doing a voice and like the walk and stuff? No, no. I mean, he plays a very funny character in it. But he, it was the bit was 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 very homophobic it's about lesbians' breasts and oh. stuff. But it was making me laugh. You know. So what does that say about me? Am I a homophobe? Yeah, but a lot Probably. Of time, a lot of times, laughter, though, is about being shocked by something, isn't it? Yeah, OK. I was shocked. That was it. I was shocked. I didn't find it funny. I was shocked. I didn't find what he had to say at all funny. Um, I was just shocked by it. That's why I was laughing. OK. But so I watched that, and it was good. It yeah. was good, 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 old, uh, good old movie. Alan Alder, brilliant. Stiller, brilliant. The other cast, yeah, so-so. So-so. The, the lady, FBI agent. Well, she, she doesn't deserve a name, does she? Huh? After you've just made out you're the all-new man and you've seen <laughs> Eddie don't... Murphy. Well, I'd never seen her before, and I know why I've never seen Let's her before. Let's take the trouble to find out who this woman is whose work you've been admiring. What she was... called Tower Heist? She was the weak 
link. But I know why I've never seen her in a movie before. And I'm surprised I saw her in this movie. Her front teeth were... Missing? They were there. I mean, they were really there. Not Tia Leone. She's been in loads of stuff. Tia Leone. Yeah, yeah, she was in it. Is this the owner of the teeth? She had, but she had, that's a blonde lady. She had dark hair. She might have dyed it for the part, just to warn Find you. Find a picture of Tia Leone's teeth. They're tricky, these actresses. Find a picture of Tia Leone's teeth. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I'm guessing no one's going to call in. So, you know, fine, fine by me, guys. Tia, we'll take a break while you're doing that. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Chosen. I don't know if you saw this, Edward. This show is um, one of, according to the Observer, celebrating its 225th year. Happy birthday. This show is one of the top ten radio highlights of 2016, along with James O'Brien and The Archers. And my dad wrote a porno. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute, Kat. Let's just talk about... (laughs) God. I can't um, actually see what it says, but it says... Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. How do I get... I want to go... Hang on a minute. Hang on. I've put it on my Twitter header. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Why I can't... mean, there's no mention of me on there, but that's cool. No, no, no. It's not about me. It's not about egos. No. I can't... Yeah, I can see the word inventive. I've got it here if you want it. Yeah, I do, actually, yeah. Just in case. Up there with, with um, Grace Dent. Um, oh, I might not have it. The Archers Trial. And the Bugle. The Bugle Podcast. You're listening to the Bugle Podcast, guys. So, luckily, what that means is, now that we are the top ten of 2016, um, we can take the foot off uh, the gas Totes. a little bit and, and d- deliver poor shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do that. Um, sorry, your sofa's been lost at sea. Oh. A sofa firm has been savaged by Christmas customers. Yeah? Ian Lee, Talk Radio. Lee hosts the funniest, most inventive, most touching... Slow it down, because there's a lot of most there. And what most means... Let's... Best. No, no, no. Well, it means more than that, I think. Uh, Most. Let me just type in the word most. Let's just see what the definition... Most greatest. Yeah. Greatest in amount or degree... To the greatest extent. So you could just... For those who don't... Who are struggling to understand, take the word most. How many mosts are in there? Two. Say that... No, there were three. No, funniest. Don't, okay. You can't say most funniest. Take the take most out and put greatest. And before just... funniest, put greatest as well. Just see if it okay. works. All right. Okay, just let's see do if that. it works. Thank you. Ian Lee, Talk Radio. Lee hosts the greatest funniest, greatest inventive, greatest touching... Late night phone-ins out there. It's greatest. Could you could you put greatest before late night phone-ins? Okay. Let's just see if that works. Just what before or works. after touching? Are we going to get rid of touching? Touching is it? No, touching is integral. Okay, just asking. Put put um, after touching, comma which is integral. <laughs> oh comma. no. Okay, Ian Lee, talk radio. You ready? 
Can you just make sure your hands are above the desk? <laughs> oh, come on, this is a very important moment for me. After after years of bit after getting shafted last year by the British Broadcasting Corporation, the British Bellend Corporation. Although, um, hmm? well, you quite like Radio Four Extra and that, don't you? Oh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think they're brilliant. Um, apart from when they're shafting me, mm. um, to get vindication from the Observer. Yeah. Is um, is it so? Read it with the with the uh, embellishments I made. Let's, okay. let's see. Let's I work. mean, you might want to write these notes and send them to Miranda Sawyer because obviously she she's dropped the ball here. She, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Ian Lee Talk Radio. Yeah. Lee hosts the greatest, funniest, greatest inventive, mm. greatest touching, which is integral. Carry on. There's more. <laughs> There's more. Carry on. Greatest. Are you crying? Oh, good. Greatest, I gave up a job at the BBC for this. Greatest late night phone ins out there. You just need something extra. Yeah, a bit extra. At the end. <laughs> He's the greatest, greatest. Best greatest. He's the um, greatest of all time. Mm, better than James O'Brien. Well, no, because it's 2016. I like the better than James O'Brien, but it's late night. It's very specific. Um, Greatest was well, just give me the last the last bit again. Which one? The one we made up or the actual one? The the new the new the revised version. edition. Yeah. Which bit? The greatest late night phone in. No. Greatest touching, which is integral. Integral. Greatest late night phone ins out there. Okay, we can do a joke at the end. No, I can. We can do a joke here. At the end. Uh, great, great night phone ins. Do you think a joke's appropriate after touching? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, otherwise they cry. Okay. Um, Bring it back up. Great night phone-ins out there. Great night. Great, great late night. <laughs> okay, whatever. I, I'm just just jamming here. I'm, just just, I'm, I'm, I'm jazzing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in a jazz band. Great, you... Greatest late night phone-ins out there. And boy, is it ever out there. Good. Give me that. Okay. I'm gonna get, hang on a minute. Let me get some um, music. This is what we need. This is. If people aren't going to phone in, then we're going to. we're going to torture them. <laughs> you can make this stop by calling oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand whenever you want. Let me just. Let me, hang on a minute. Let me just find some appropriate music. I want the music. Um, um, my name is. Uh, yeah, no, don't do. My name is Marlon Brando. Don't talk about Marlon Brando after this weekend. No, I know. There's been a bit of controversy about a movie I made in the seventies. I'm not talking about playing Superman's dad. I'm talking about the brother scene. Anyway, my name is Marlon Brando. I'm dead. That's not bad. And I didn't even know I could do that. Um. Okay, let's... Um, oh. There you go. Give it all you got. Okay. <clears throat> Ian Lee, Talk Radio. Lee hosts the greatest, funniest... Greatest inventive, greatest touching, which is integral, greatest late-night phone-ins out there. And boy, is he out there. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. greatest funniest. That's something that's... We, we can, can we just take greatest funniest and get that put on a poster in speech marks? Um, uh, put, so greatest funniest, yes. the observer... Miranda Sawyer. I wouldn't even bother putting a name in. That would just confuse things. Because mm. people might go, hang on, wasn't she on the show? Um, no. So I think, no. Didn't I make a cup of tea? That's what's Mark Commode. What? Put Mark Commode. 
I didn't know Kermode used his eyes, uh, ears. I thought it was mostly eye work he did. Um, I don't like that tone. I will ignore it. But greatest funniest, <laughs> Mark Kermode, greatest, greatest funniest of 2016. Okay. It's in speech marks. Underneath, Mark Kermode, The Observer. Mm. Right. Can uh, I do a picture of you to put... Let's do it now. What for? The poster. Just get, can you not get a silhouette of a, of a Native American yeah. on a mountain? Okay. Can you do that? Is that okay? Is that okay? Yes. Oh, the, the, Is honestly, that cultural appropriation. If the Native Americans and I, I won't call them Red Indians. Certainly not when there's a, a microphone in front of me. No. Um, if the Native Americans had DAB technology, some do. Well, um, then I would be I would be up there with them. No, you might. no, don't do the impression. A sofa fern has been savage. Let me know that that meme is up. What is it again? Greatest ever. What is the thing? Greatest funniest of 2016 in speech marks. Mark Commode, The Observer. Right, I sort out. Greatest funniest of 2016. Greatest funniest of 2016. A sofa firm has been savaged by Christmas customers over delivery delays, claiming orders were lost at sea. Fed up families claim it is only one of a series of daft excuses by Harvey's furniture. <laughs> I, when um, uh, we were getting window fitted, we, we were getting Polish workmen to do the entire house, and people got, we used to be getting English people to do the entire house. So we got some English people to do bits of the house, and they were bloody awful, including this window fitter who um, came and measured a window. He said, You'll have it in two weeks, right? Four weeks later, it hadn't turned up. I thought, oh, I'm going to chase this guy up. Um, because the window's been taken out, we've now got a hole in the wall. And first thing he said was, yeah, yeah, my, my van was stolen with the window in it. So um, I'm going to make you another Don't worry, I'm not going to charge you for, for extra. I'm going to make you another one. You'll have it in two weeks. All right, fine. Two weeks later, phoned up. Was he yeah. making it? Was he glass blowing? <laughs> two weeks later, um, I phoned up. Yeah, my mum's just been diagnosed with cancer. Right. Okay. I hate to... I hate to sound cold. Um, the window's four weeks late. And we're kind of waiting on it. Any idea? I just told you, my mum is dying of cancer. How dare you? Did it like that? Wow. There was then there was a pause. And I went right. What cancer has she got? What? It's a reasonable question. What cancer is she? None of my business, of course. But I did at this point. I knew he was lying. I said, what, "What cancer of the what?" Don't need to tell you that. I said, "No, no, you don't." Just I, and then I got really angry. I think you're lying. I think you're, t- and that is a that is a tough punt to take. That is a big gamble to call out someone who's told you their mum's dying of cancer. That is a big gamble to take. Mm. But You've I stand. Balls of steel. I stand by that. Um, I stand by that because I do think. Um, um, I do, someone's tweeting Steve Martin. Don't tweet him. Um, I do think that he was talking about his ass. Joanne Alsop, thirty-three of Barnsley, Barnsley, South Yorkshire, expected her fifteen hundred pound sofa to be. He, he, we finally got the window two months late, and it was too small. But we decided we would um, we'd, we'd just work around that. Um, when we told him it was too small, he said, "No, it isn't." And I thought, oh, "Stick it up your backside." Uh, expected a £1,500 sofa to be delivered two weeks ago. She said their customer services told me it was on a boat stranded at sea. 
Tracy Tuff ordered two sofas and a recliner chair, but said on social media, they delivered one sofa, a chair, and half a sofa. What? These are made-up names. Tracy Tuff and Lynn Ainscow posted a picture of her mum sitting in a camping chair and said, me mum has dementia and nothing to sit on as her £2,000 sofa hasn't arrived. And Luke Sadler added, finally got our sofa five weeks late. Harvey's apologised and asked the angry customers to contact them. Mm. I mean, when you need a sofa, you need a sofa. It's not something you should be messing about with. Yeah. Um... 0344 is the telephone number. You seem to have forsaken us, dear callers. And that's what you, have you done it? Have you done the meme? Well, I'm looking for the right um, Native American picture, but some of them, well, let's just say that well, they're very inventive. I don't want an inventive one. This One thing no, this show cannot be accused with is inventive. Well, CJ Jester's done one. Delete your account, CJ Jester. You spelt commode wrong. Delete, delete your account, and and I want. I clearly said I wanted the back of the Native American, not the side. Mm. Delete, delete, delete your account. Um, I, I don't, and, and unfollow me immediately. I don't really want to encourage that sort of. Uh, and thanks very much for trying to like usurp me. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not having that, mate. That is bang out of order. Um, that is bang out of order. That is outrageous. Um. Rear view. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We've got nothing to talk about. Here's the next hour sewn up. Man with a bionic willy is in demand. Wow. I bet he is. Wow. A man with a £70,000 bionic penis. We have the technology. Can you look through the eye and... No, that was... Um... <laughs> what the bionic man? Says he is... Because you could do that with the bionic man toy, couldn't you? Well, look through yeah. the back of his head. Says he has been flooded with offers of sex from women. Muhammad Abad, 44, finally lost his virginity in March after a childhood road accident cost him his manhood. Oh, yes, he had it pulled off, didn't he? I cannot believe you are making. No, he did, you... he had it trapped and he got pulled I off. I cannot believe you are taking cheap shots. I'm not. But Muhammad Abad. I'm not. But I know he had loads of um, offers from pros and he said he didn't want it, don't want it like that. He had life-changing surgery in 2012 when docs used skin and nerves from his arm to create his new penis. He claims he's had 50 messages from women desperate to test his prosthetic privates. The Edinburgh security guard said, and I'm not going to do the voice, I can't do a Scottish accent, said, I'm from Scotland. No. He get a lot of messages. (laughs) From women online who ask me if I will have sex with them. They are very intrigued and think I can make love for hours. But I work 14-hour shifts every day. And by the time I get home, I'm just too tired for sex. (laughs) Why did you turn into Roger Moore? Ironically. I'm Roger Moore. Um, (laughs) Can you set your... Can you set your bionic willy... I haven't got one. To wake, me up, to wake me up in the morning. Because <laughs> <laughs> mine's knackered. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, come on, guys. Phone up for crying out loud. 03444991000. Here's the telephone. We've already number. gone to Bionic Willie. There's not an awful lot more we um, can do. I'm teasing. You don't You don't have to. Um, I'm quite happy to sit here and talk a load of old... Oh. <sighs> a load of old tosh. If you uh, want to be part of it, you're more than welcome to. 0344 499 You can watch us, periscope.tv slash Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E. If you want to send an email, if you go to the Talk Radio website, talkradio.co.uk. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Bruce! Hip, hip, hip. What kind of cake? Hmm, either London Cheesecake or the alternative rock band from the 90s. Oh, yes. Um, what did ca- Now, what did Cake sing? Uh, the Distance. Oh, I don't know that. I'm thinking of Belly. I'm thinking you, of Feed no. the Tree by, Pe- by Belly. You will, you will know it though. It's one of those songs that if you uh, if you hear, you'll go, "Oh, okay, yeah, I know that song." Oh, okay, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you got for us, Bruce? Well, nothing really. I was um, there, and um, there's only certain times that I'll call the show, and if I hear a particular buzzword, a bit like bingo, and uh, mechanical penis was it. So I thought it's time to call him. Oh, flipping heck, go on then. Yeah, and I just thought I'd, I'd check in, see how everyone was doing. I, if you could get a bionic part of your body, mm. what would you go for? I think I'd go for the eyes. Bionic eyes. Well, yeah, my eyes right, are yeah. going a little bit as I'm getting older. You know, they used to be, mm. they used to be spot on. I used to have 30-30 vision. Is that better than 2020? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's 10 and 10. It's 20 better than, than 2020. It's better. What, what it, difference would that make? Well, because 2020 means you can see something 20 feet away. Right. I don't know what the first I 20 is. I can see is. about two feet away. Okay, well, you're mm-hmm. like... But, but 20 means, like, you can see sort of like the bottom line from 20 feet. Well, I could see an even bottomer line wow. from 30 feet. I think that's what that means. And I... Yeah, go on, Bruce. Distance in front of you, or is that distance... Like, it's not know, behind me, like, mate, is it? No, I was like thinking if you, like, maybe you were standing above a pit and looking down. Well, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, they don't... Just think, Bruce, have you ever had your eyes tested by a professional optician? Not for a long time. Right, oh. well, the, it's not changed that much. Apart from now, they're blowing your eyes. Mm. Um, with a machine, normally. With a not, machine. Not but did they have, did they have pits... In your opticians back in the day? Not, not in my No, own, but, no. Yeah, but they, they still don't, Bruce. That's not an innovation they've made where they now dig pits in the optician shop. What about in, in, like, northern mining towns? Well. Again, not in opticians' shops. Uh, yes, not in the shops, but, what you know, yes. all those mines closed down. Yeah. What do you do with those closed-down mines? We go and look down them. Well, I, it's just a suggestion. Is that a threat? It's definitely not a threat. Okay. 
Um, I, what was You've you been got? down a hole lately. Did you have any eye tests lately, while you were there? It was over a year ago. <laughs> I mean, we're, gonna go, we're going have. again. We're oh, going again. Oh God! We're, we're, the, everything's shut um, until February because they're all pussies that run well, the underground caving group. All because they're flooded. Well, I, me and my Paul, me, me you and, and your fr- Paul, me and my Paul, me and my <laughs> friend Paul, we want to go and do. We, we went caving over a year ago, and we want to. I want to go again. And I said to, and he said, Paul checked on. I said, oh, they're all shut until February. I said, oh, lightweights. Let's just go anyway, me and you, because you can do that. All you can do is you get the equipment and you go down a hole. Find a hole. Yeah, beautiful. Ooh. Go down it. I'm, uh, so uh, we're we're gonna do it, but, but probably it won't be until February. But it doesn't really matter what time of year you go, well, because you want to go dry, don't you? Ish. It might dry. Are you nuts? You're underground. Yeah. It's wet. I know, but what I'm saying to you is, if it's dry upstairs, it'd be less wet down. Is, it, you don't want to is be that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> You've been washing your hair. <laughs> as long as you've got the right equipment, surely... Is that know, a you euphemism? Are you talking yeah, about your... That's definitely you. No, if you go... You, you can't go when it's like torrential rain. Yeah, because you'll all be underwater. You'll flood and you'll die. Yeah, some people get trapped and die. But um, in terms of temperature... Once you get a little way in, it's the, it's it's the, it's like Hawaii. It's the same temperature all year round. It's like a what? Hawaii. Oh, so Hawaii. Except Hawaii is eighty-two degrees all year round. Right. Um, and this is a lot colder than that. Mm. But it's it's the same temperature because it doesn't matter. Don't really fancy. Hey, others. guess what I bought today? Thinking, thinking. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking. Guess what I bought, uh, Bruce? Any, any, any clues? Or like, uh, can we narrow it down to like a, a format? Or it's red. Oh gosh! It's red. Mm. Ooh, ketchup. Th- no, you're a knob, Catherine. <laughs> uh, an ice scraper. A sledge. All right. Oh! <laughs> well, you can take those bullets back because I already own a red sledge. Well, I, I, now that I've got With one runners. in now that I've got one in the boot of my car. I think we might already own a sledge. But now we've got two sledges. Uh-huh. Oh, well, one for each, each, boys, so yeah, one for each of the yeah. boys. Beautiful. It's not going to snow now, is it? No, well, I know. I know. And I had that conversation with the woman in the shop. The shop I used to, the uh, local, what well, used to be my local hardware store um, uh, uh, near where, my, where I grew up. And that guy has been running that store for, well, I moved there when I was 11. That was 32 years ago. He was running the store then. He looked like um, Terry Griffiths, the Welsh snooker player. He must be tired. Eee. Terry Griffiths. I have Griffiths. a story, actually. Yeah? Um, I had a green one. Um, I, don't, I, I think we got rid of it quite a long time ago. But in the winter, the Christmas of 1990, we had snow in the town I was living in at the time, which was Ilford, down in Essex. Yeah. And there was a hill... There was many hills there. There was a hill near a shopping centre that everyone went to yeah. to uh, to go and do the slaying. And I picked a particular spot. No one else was at the other end of the hill. and went down it for about an hour, just up and down, up and down. And when the snow cleared, I noticed I'd left a streak where there was now no grass. Oh, well, that's all part of it. I mean, it there's never a... grew back, though. That's the oh. thing. Ten years later, when because uh, I still lived there and I walked past it and it was still there. <gasps> you left a lasting skid on the landscape. Yeah. <laughs> um, years ago, before we had the boys, 
um, it snowed really, really heavily one day, and me and my wife didn't have a sledge. And we, uh, so we went to the local, we went to Toys R Us, and of course all the sledges have been gone. gone. Of course they've been gone. And we're looking around going, well, there's got to be something. And when you go sledging on, this is on Primrose, uh, no, this is Hampstead Heath, you get people doing it in suitcases and stuff, whatever yeah. they can find. Bit of lino. So we're looking around. Tray. Yeah, 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 well, tra- yeah, tray, but, 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 but. We saw a giant, and this is, I was earning quite good money at the time, right? We saw a giant sandpit, right? <laughs> but, 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 the sandpit had a round, sort of, not quite round, but it had a, a plastic dome Yeah, like cover the, the tortoise ones. To cover it. No, but it was big. It's this big. Yeah. And it's a plastic round dome cover. And I said to Toys R Us, right, can I buy that cover? They said, well, we're not selling it. Can't sell it separately. I said, well, I don't want the sandpit, but I want the cover. Uh, it was only like 25 quid or 30 quid or something. And so we bought the sandpit, but left it there and just took the, the cover. And because it was round, it would spin as you went down. It didn't have any direction. It was the fastest sledge on Hampstead Heath that day. It was the speeds were insane <laughs> to the point where it was, it wouldn't, you'd knock people out of the way. If they got in the way, they'd go <laughs> flying. Um, and there was nothing they could do about it. And it was absolutely brilliant. And we did it for about two hours and then it cracked, which was great because we were knackered. It was like, well, yeah, it's like, yeah, we're done. It served its purpose. Ian, it's done. Ian, I've, I've got it. That's your idea for a children's book. Oh. That's where all the money is now. They hang, hang, hang on a minute. We're, just refresh my memory. What part of that story is going to be a children's book? Oh, that that whole story there. Going and oh. buying a sandpit cover oh, and yeah. take it down a hill. What's the moral of the story? That you can have a lot of fun by only taking half of a sandpit. Hmm. The moral can be worked on, you know, that, but it's the bare bones of the story that's the key bit at the moment. Bruce, you can uh, throw animals in there and all sorts. Yeah, I'm Bruce. Okay, well, thank He's you. He's something there. He, 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 I'll, let him, I'll let him go and think about it a bit more. 0344 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It costs you pennies, may even be free. Uh, Ed will call you back. Uh, Rashid will come to you after this. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, man, I'm so tired. Despite sleeping a lot this weekend, I've had about, uh, well, I've had 29 hours of sleep. And that's not including, um, no, that's incorrect data. 14... That's no, correct data, and that's not including Saturday night sleep. That was was usual. Gosh, U- usual. But I did that the weekend. Was it the weekend before the weekend? I don't before? know. I told you that I yep. slept all day long and slept all night. Mm. I think there's some sort. Of, maybe maybe we've been bitten by like the tsetse fly or something. And now I can't stop yawning. Maybe I'm dying. Maybe this is. Um... Have you been to the doctor yet about your throat? No, 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 no. I'll give it another six months. No. Um. But, uh, yeah, here's the thing, right? So, so I'm on these pills that make me put on a lot of weight, and that's fine because they're anti-anxiety, but then I'm getting anxious about being fat. And I've, I've cut down from 30 milligrams to 15 to see if it um, helps with the weight stuff. Could that and, be messing, though? What, with the sleep? With everything. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Um, could how much be. they charge normally for an hour? What? You've just had 10 minutes with Dr. Kath. <laughs> I've sorted it out. Um... 
but th- that wouldn't make me sleep more. Maybe it would. Maybe taking less of a drug that makes you sleep makes you sleep more. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm an artist. It would seem counterintuitive. But, uh, but, no. Um, but I'm, I cannot lose any pig in weight. But I don't think you look as round in the face. That's because I've brushed my beard. Oh. And I've had a little shave. Uh, I had a shave at the weekend for, um, for Sky News. Sky now it's Sky News with Ian Lee and Petri Hoskin and um, I like Petri. I'm always always pleased when it's Petri I get to do it with. There are others who I'm not so keen on. I tell you who's good at uh, uh, it's nice to do it. Nikki Chapman. Mm. Nikki Chapman. Oh, I like Nikki Chapman. She's good. She's good. She's funny. Uh, so is Petri. Um, but no, I've not I've not lost. Anyway, at most I've lost three pounds. Well, that's quite a lot. No, is it? It's not at all. Is that you're weighing yourself at the same time every day? Yes. Right. Yes. So that is quite a lot. Well, but I think I put it. That was on um, Friday. I was three pounds less than I had been two weeks previously. But I, I, it feels I haven't got access to the scales at the moment. It feels like I've put that weight back oh, on. Oh, for God's again. sake! Right, so Sorry. You're, so you're sensing it now? Are you? you're sensing the weight? Yeah, yeah, again? yeah. I, well, no, I am. Well, you you can't. What stupid thing to say? Yes, of course you can, because my trousers feel um, tighter now than they did a couple of days ago. Really? And let's get into details. And I'm not wearing any pants again. Yes, that's why they feel tighter. The I chafing. Forgot, I forgot to take clean ones to the gym. Oh blimey, Ian! And I've been wearing those pants since. Uh, Saturday. So you're sitting there less than a, a metre away from me with no pants on. I've got trousers on. I mean, wh- where's the respect for James Whale? You're sitting in his chair. Yeah, oh, James Whale. Don't even talk to me about that idiot. Um, for those who don't know, James Whale is back Mondays to Thursdays. If you were a fan of the 80s, then join in between 7 and 10 as he um, warms up. the. That's probably why we've got no phone calls tonight. He killed them all. <laughs> it killed, not literally. I'm not suggesting that James is a murderer. Although... Um, but it, it just sucked the life out of them. That might be what happened. Um, but so I'm, I, I cannot, and I've been to the gym four times a week mm. for the last two weeks. I looked at my, um, my, ty- my times and I have pretty impressive times. I've, you know, logged in and logged out at classes and I cannot, and I'm not eating. I'm not eating. I'm really, I'm, I'm not that hungry actually. I've got no appetite whatsoever. Um, Haven't you? No. That's new. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm just dying. No, stop it. Um, hang on a minute. Oh. No, I've got no appetite. Right. Whereas, like a month ago, you couldn't stop eating. It was like living with Pac-Man. <laughs> Do you remember there's a Pac-Man cartoon? Yeah. Do you remember what his nickname was in it? No. G Packy, no, yes, wow. In the Pac Man cartoon, and I say that only. I hope if anyone is offended, I, I apologise. I say that only as as as, uh, as an illustration. As an illustration. Genuinely, if you're offended, I do apologise. Um, but that was his nickname in the Pac Man cartoon that was on in the eighties. As kids, we found that hilarious. Gosh, hilarious. Genius. Oh, Told you I met the guy that um, invented Batman. Mm. Um, it's the only. Th- I think it's the only thing he's ever done. I don't think he even did like the spin-offs, like Ms. Pac-Man and stuff. But you wouldn't need to do anything else, would you? That's like that's like scoring 
uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah um, Carey, the first time you write something. What? Incorrect data. What? Uh, you do it for the honour of good Japanese company. That's what you're doing it for. You didn't get a penny for it. What? It was a... What? Say what? Um, he didn't get a penny for it. He might have got a bonus, but he didn't... It wasn't like he was some you know, whiz kid, uh, in, independent thing. He was working for Namco, and he came up with the game as part of his job as a game designer. He went, yeah, nice one. We'll T- have that. Torito? I can't remember what his name is. Um, I doubt it sounds like Dorito, but it was something like that. Tamahito... Uh, or is that the guy that invented space? Anyway, um, and there it's like, yeah, nice one. We'll have that. Okay, if you go and find another one, wow. and that was it. Didn't the Tetris man make loads of money? No, what? No, Tetris is. There's a book about Tetris. Tetris is the most fascinating backstory of all. No, but the, basically, he was a coder working for the Russian government. So the Russian government owned it in communist Russia in the eighties, and then Robert Maxwell thought he'd bought the rights to it so he started selling it over here and the russian government went whoa maxwell you don't own that we own that it's a real complicated story. loads of people thought they bought it but none of them had the rights to it and um pagetnov alexi pagetnov i interviewed him um alexi pagetnov did not make a penny from it and then he kind of i think he kind of escaped to america um, where like the he was given a job at Microsoft by Bill Gates, who paid him quite handsomely, um, partly because of his heritage, you know, to make up for him not getting a penny out of Tetris. Crikey! Yeah, oh yeah, it's all happening. It's all happening on the inside. Rashid. Yeah, Yo yo. What what's happening, man? Well, you, Rashid, you've got to start calling us on a better line. I know. I can't help it. Well, I'm tolerating this time, but uh, only because we've got no phone calls tonight. But if we have phone calls, Rajid, you'd get a rocket right up your jacksie. What you got for us, boss? Uh, Ian, just a bit of advice about the gym. Just uh, keep... I, I was, at my heaviest, I was about 106. What, does that, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. 106 kilos. Yeah, what does, what's that in stone? Uh, it's about 15 stone. Wow, that's nothing. I know. Yeah, but how tall are you? I'm exactly. only short. But, and now I'm 86. Well, d- again, I don't know what that means. I've lost about I've lost about 20 kilos. Yeah, again, you're just saying, you're, you might as well just say I've lost um, 20 um, Fs or I've what, lost I'm half the alphabet. Stone. It doesn't mean anything. What does that... Stone. One and a half stone. Thank you. And, uh, and then he's gone. <laughs> I mean... He just came on to both. Hey. <laughs> Dennis. Are you actually in the studio? I'm sure I heard this programme a fortnight ago. Yeah, this is a recording, Dennis. It's a recording, yes, it sounds like yeah, it. Well, so, as is this phone call, it's a recording. No, it's not. Do you, well, do you not remember? We did this phone call two weeks ago and it's being played out now. Oh, and then you recorded it again, so what's gone wrong? Exactly, so we played, what happened is we recorded this at the end of, no, uh, end of November and yeah. now it's, it's going to be played out early December. So you did? Well, probably. It's probably going to get played out December the f- uh, 5th, I would have thought. Probably on the Monday. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so but make sure you're well, listening to it. Why don't, when you're, not gone wrong. When you're right. listening, if you listen on December the 5th, it'll be about half past 12, something like that. Um, if you're listening... Now you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then could, could you phone in no, when you, you hear it? I'm not wasting my phone calls no? on you. 
when you're recording things all the time. Okay, fine. Well, then, in that case, then, um, I don't have anything else to contribute. Merry Christmas. Up your bum. That's a nice thing to say. (laughs) Are you touching me? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great grown-up man like you talking about bums. (laughs) You're doing it now. President who who makes a farting noise, Mr Trump. Oh, there we go. go. Satire. Yes, Mr. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Mr. Mr. Trump. I'm having the president of the Imagine being... Imagine being... I've yet to see the uh, Saturday Night Live sketch where... Um, who's in Saturday Night Live now? Well, it's... It, Alec Baldwin plays Trump and he's amazing at it. But he's the old guy, right? He's been around for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what is he doing in Saturday it's Night Live? I've, see, I've not seen this particular no, one no, that's but, caused but, the big... But, 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 but you, you're, going, you're not listening to me. Well... What is he doing in Saturday Night Live? I thought it was supposed to be young and up-and-coming thrusting comics, not old actors. Well, he can... You might as well get um, David Niven in it. Wow. Or you might as well get um, Jan Michael Vincent in it. Do you know what I mean? It's a cool thing to do now. Well, no, I know, but uh, please listen to the question. Well, what... please say a question. <laughs> I thought Saturday Statement. Night Live, mm. I know it's it's going to end with a question, was young, thrusting comics. What's an old actor in it? They might as well get Jan Michael Vincent in it. Because it's cool to go on it now. Oh, well, it's always... It doesn't matter does how that old mean? you are. What does that mean? It's always been cool to go on it, apart from the mid-80s with Joe Piscopo. It's always been, as a, a reference for our uh, 80s fans um, and American listeners, but just saying it's cool to go on it... Why and is they Alec like to Baldwin, be different. Why is so, Alec Baldwin on it? Because he's good. Dennis? They're still waiting for some results for this Trump business. What? He's not actually president yet, is he? Well, he's president-erect. Yeah, well, erect, yes. And now tell me, why is the BBC all wearing poppies when it's a long time at him Remembrance Day? You can never... You're all um, wearing I, I remember every day, Dennis. I just don't understand why they need poppies. Because respect doesn't have a sell-by date. Well, he should do. In fact, I find what you're saying actually um, disrespectful. disrespectful. Listen, matey, I was an ex-serviceman and nobody respects the dead better than I do. Well, I just, th- I just think that... I was happy not uh, to get it, not being one of them or so. Well, you, you, you were... Being a coward had its benefits. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, that was when <laughs> Nelson was a boy. Yeah. Well, Dennis, <laughs> always good to talk to you. Good morning. I look forward to this being played out on the 5th of December. Well, she'll be on the 5th of December, like it is now, OK? Thank you very much. Good night. God bless. Tutty bye. 03444991000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. Late night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 03444991000. This is your captain speaking. I'm not on the plane. Flippin' heck. The remote control passenger plane. Beautiful. Beautiful. For nervous flyers, the reassuring voice of a pilot can be enough to see them through a bad... I don't like it when the pilots... uh, I don't like it when the pilots stride through the airplane like they own it. They don't own it. And I would rather they were sat at the front... With their hands... Flying it. On the... It's not a wheel, is it? Is it a joystick? Um, it's like a... I think... Isn't it like a PlayStation controller now? Yeah. I think... Um, oh, the, the, the co-pilot... I don't want to... I want the pilot piloting. The co-pilot can, can walk around like Cock of the North, but I mm. want the pilot to pilot the bloody My thing. My sister used to be cabin crew. 
Yeah. They go to sleep. Who? The captain. You're joking. They have a sleep. That is outrageous. That is disgusting. Is it true that they do a dump in a little waste paper bin in the corner? Is that true? I haven't heard that one. Okay. I'll ask. Yeah, find out for me if you could, because I think that that's what happens. I think that because um, since 9-11, it's a security risk for a pilot to be in one of the... Be very off-putting, wouldn't it? Like 15 hours with that. Well, these things um, these things happen, but you can't um, open a window. You, well, you, you can't open. Well, the, because of nine um, eleven, so many security things have changed. The shoe thing at the airport is that because of Richard Reed? Mm. Remember Richard Reed, the shoe, shoe bomber. bomber. But how was his bomb? constructed what was it he was trying to light it wasn't he trying to light well didn't so ever... i imagine it had some sort of wick oh no you remind wasn't it covered this is why you can't take f- fluids in because wasn't it covered in a in a an explosive fluid that kind of solid that dried on it that solidified that so that's why your shoes are taken off and that's why you can't have more than 100 milliliters of juice mm. um, in the thing. I think because of Richard Reed, who's now in prison in America. I thought, because they only, but they only look at your shoes if you've got, like, heels. No. Well, they only look at your shoes if you've got heels. But why are men taking their shoes off? But not always. Sometimes no, it's not just always. Sometimes you don't even have to take your belts off. I love that. I always feel like I've got away with a freebie if I haven't got. To, if I get to keep my belt and my shoes on at an airport, well, then that's a good journey. For I me. always feel like, well, somehow security's not up to scratch, and it makes me feel less safe when men are keeping their belts on. What would a belt be useful? A whip. You're not going <laughs> to whip your way that's into the it. cockpit, are it's you? Because you're going through a metal detector. That's why you take your belt off, you know. Okay, okay. And you change. You're not going to, like, flick it in someone's okay, face. Okay, okay, I told you I once saw Clement Freud arguing because he wanted to take some nail scissors onto a plane. The pedo. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Pablo! Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. Okay, we've got all my technical issues sorted. Oh. Doesn't sound oh, like it. <laughs> oh, I have my technical issues sorted. Well, you still sound like you're in a box. Um, but what a box. Is that a bit better? Well, let's carry Let, on. Let's get to the content of the phone call. I've got. Can I be honest, Pablo? Can I be honest? Mm-hmm. Right. Please do. We've had one, two, three, four, five. Five phone calls tonight. Five phone calls, which is an absolutely awful state of affairs, right? And all of them. Yours yours is the fifth. So all of them, without exception, have been absolutely awful. I mean, really, really poor phone calls. Someone on Digital Spy said the phone calls are a reflection of the host. I don't think so. I don't think so, because I have delivered a top-notch, A-number-one, king-of-the-hill show this evening, and yet all of your phone calls, all five of them... It's been more than five. No, there's not. There's, there's been five. It's been five this hour. There's two the hour no, no, before, no, 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 and no. one the hour before that. We've not had five this hour. We have. Who have we had this hour? Well... I've just made a note and a... Put, put we have not had five this hour. Right, we've had Caddick. Mm-hmm. 
We had that gobby bloke who I cut off immediately. Mm-hmm. We had, um, Dennis. No, before, no, after the, after the bloke that got cut off, there was someone else. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember who that was. All right. Okay, so there's someone else. Then there was Dennis. Then there was Rashid. And there's Pablo. Sit. No, we didn't. There wasn't anyone else. Who was the other one else? There wasn't. Know. God, we're doing a phone-in where we're arguing about how <laughs> few phone calls we've had. Truth. <laughs> Bloody hell. Pablo, what I'm saying is... You, Pressure's on, mate. The pressure is on. Have you seen Bowfinger? I have, yes. It's funny, isn't it? It is, yeah. The bit where he crosses the road. Oh, with the... Uh, yeah, because that's the one where it's uh, Eddie Murphy double. Yeah. Yes. Eddie Murphy, double, Eddie Murphy doubles up as his brother. Brother. It's very, very funny. It is, honestly, I'm going to watch Bowfinger tomorrow, Pablo. Knock yourself out. I I asked um, people on Twitter yesterday for a film to watch. Every film they gave me was utter crap. Really? They should all delete their accounts. Yeah. So, oh, I watched a good film. I watched a good film at the weekend, right? Because I've got um, um, a lot of videos. Prisoners. Jake. That's good. Jake Gyllenhaal. And the uh, Wolverine. I can't remember the guy's name plays Wolverine. Um, and um, the Wolverine's daughter goes missing, and so Jake Gyllenhaal is a copper. And do you know? Do you know why he's a good actor, Pablo? Because he had he had two quirks as a copper, Gyllenhaal, and it's a soft G like Jif. Mm. He had two quirks. Shall I tell you what the quirks were? Go on. One is he wore a white shirt that always had the top button done up, even though he didn't wear a tie. Like a mod. And the other one was, watch me, watch me. Oh. He would he would do like a really, he'd do like a squinty blink, right, when he was getting stressed, right? And I was watching the film, and I was trying to do the squinty blink. I thought, oh, that's great, okay. But then I forgot to do it after a couple of minutes. And, of course, a movie is made over months. So you have to remember... Every scene to get at least one squinty blinking. I thought that is proper acting. Two, because most actors will get, well, you'll, you'll, you, their character will have like one quirk. Mm. Some don't even have any quirks, right? What? Sorry? Oh, sorry? I was going to say Peter Falk, surely, was the uh, the originator of the squinty blink. Yeah, but he. No, he didn't have a squinty blink. He, he didn't, didn't have a squinty blink. Well, when it, when it was the well, I suppose it was just more of a hang dog expression. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It's compl- he had gla- he had a glass eye. His gimmick was he had a glass eye. One more question. Sorry, just one more question. Go on then. Um, your wife, when she went missing, uh, she had a picture of you in her top pocket. Um, is this, is, it, is this Chinese, Columbo? Your, your <laughs> wife, when you went missing, a picture of you in top pocket. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, by the way, he, massive Huge Ackman, and um, and and basically, Wolverine kidnaps the guy that he thinks has got his daughter. Is it Squinty Blink? Paul Dano. Paul Danan. Oh, was that Paul Dano? The guy from um, I made your milkshake. Uh, I can only do slightly. It was Paul Dano. Paul Dano played a young Brian Wilson in the Brian Wilson film. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Did he die in the end, Paul Dano? No, he didn't die. No, no. There was a couple of earlier it, foreshadowings, which kind of. Yeah, but he didn't die. I don't think so. No. No. Well, you just said he died. Oh, with the no, no. No, but the character didn't die. 
uh, I, I believe Karaka and Ate are alive and well. Then what? He did say that he died, didn't, didn't he? Didn't hear that bit. Anyway, and and um, Wolverine, he's torturing this poor... And the, oh, he's, he's um, got learning difficulties as well. Who? Wolverine? Paul Dano. Oh. And he's torturing him. He is torturing him. I couldn't work out in the end, Pablo, if um, Paul Dano actually... He was connected to the kidnapping because it was his mum and dad that did the kidnappings. He was complicit, yeah. But he was—he was—he knew about it. Well, he, I think it was basically he's been worked on for. A, he was originally a kidnapped child himself, wasn't he? Or, well, or yeah, yeah. But he so was kidnapped he, child. But then he got—he got reunited with his um, parents because they, they see a newspaper headline where it says Paul Dano is reunited with his parents after being missing for twenty-five years. But if he'd been reunited with his parents, that means he wouldn't have gone to prison, which means that he was—he didn't know where the girls were. Well, well no, unless they, they deemed that he uh, wasn't mentally culpable or mentally responsible for his actions, well, that he'd been controlled in some way. Yeah. What I, girls? I president. Where'd the girls come from in this scenario? The girls that got kidnapped. <sighs> anyway. It was good, was it? Bishy bashy boshy, Wolverine... Uh, it was it was good because you're questioning, you're questioning um, how far would you go to protect your family? Mm. How far well, uh, would you go? Would surely, you, Ian, the uh, the point of the film is that torture uh, never gets the results. That you're oh, after. Uh, excuse me, because no, because no, he tells him where to go, doesn't he? Well, there's, there's a lot of kind of red herons and the like with this. It's been a little while since I've seen it. Oh, no, 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 you're right. He doesn't tell him where to go. Um, he works out where to go when they find the other girl and she says, you were there, you were there. And he goes, oh, yeah, he, goes oh. he, he He goes back and then he's he's hearing that noise. What's that noise? Yeah, I know, I watched I mean, it. I watched it the weekend. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are you telling I'm, me I'm for? I'm just remembering it. You're, 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 I saw it. I saw it this weekend. It was brilliant. You're triggering his description memory. description is vivid. It's, it's kicking things into gear. I'll kick you into gear in a minute. Pablo, in fact, I'm, I'm going to kick you into touch right now. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Southerly or southeasterly four or oh, five. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I'm get, I'm, I'm, I didn't realise that was playing. I've listened to this. I've listened to this. Here we go. It's just. Um... Rebooting, it's the... Um... Four or five, decreasing oh. three at times, becoming... What's going on? BBC iPlayer is rubbish. Um, here we go. Have a listen to this. This is great. Thomas Schaffernacker. Isle of Man, easterly or southeasterly, four or five, man. increasing six at times, mainly in south. Fair. Good. Shipping forecast. Loch Foyle to Carlingford Loch, southeast, four or five, increasing minutes, six at times. Fair. Good. The Mull of Galloway to the Mull of Kintyre, including the Firth of Clyde and North Channel. Easterly or southeasterly, four or five, increasing six at times in North Channel. Yeah. Fair, good. Mull of Kintyre to Ardnamurchan Point, southerly or south easterly, four or five. Come on. Increasing six at times. Fair, good. Ardnamurchan Point to Cape Wrath, southerly. Or southerly four or five. Incre- excuse me. Do apologise. That was Thomas Schaffernacker. We'll just complete.
the inshore waters forecast. He went to puke. <gasps> he Poor went lad. to puke. I wonder if anyone's got the recording of me when I did a show at WM and I puked. Um, it was off mic, but I was in a terrible state. I had um, a migraine and um, I was doing it from the... The show was in West Midlands, but sometimes I'd do them in Luton in that little booth. Downstairs. And it was really hot. And I'd started with a headache and I thought, it's just a headache, I can get through the show. And then 10 minutes into the show, it became a migraine. I thought, oh, jeez, I've got three hours. Okay. And this guy was talking and he was being really boring. I don't know what he said, but I asked him a question and I turned the microphone off and just heaved into a bin. (gasps) And I had headphones on and I couldn't really hear anything. And I heard him stop. And so I managed to stop puking and I put my fader up and I went, what happened next? I had no idea what he'd said before, so I didn't know if it... I Just kind of generally, if you're not listening, if you then go, what happened next, you'll get something. And then I carried on puking, and I'm messaging the... I stopped puking, and I messaged the um, the producer in Birmingham and said, I can't, I'm dying. Did <laughs> right, I'm dying. Um, I can't do this. And, and luckily, Adrian Goldberg was in the building, and they played a record, and he came and... Um, Stood in. It was awful. And then to, to, to you get stripped off, didn't stripped you? off, stripped off down to my pants. And um, that lady, Gail, Gail came down. To oh, she's s- lovely, Gail. Because um, if there's anyone going to walk in on me and my pants, I'd want it to be. Oh, Gail. she was lovely. And I was just there, and I was sweating. When I when I get a migraine, I need to get cold, and I need to contort my body so that there's a weird tension going up my spine and across my neck and my arms. That kind of just it, the stretch, the stretching kind of helps. And so I'm in my pants, literally, like this. And she came in and she went, bloody hell, are you... Because my, my wife or the producer in Birmingham, someone had got had, had phoned her up. Um, uh, and she, she said, are you all right? And I thought, oh, I can't hop. She said, do you want anything? I thought, oh. And you come across that. And it's literally how I was speaking. You kind of think, you know, your first instinct is to phone an ambulance. Mm. And I was saying, I'm, I'm fine. Do you want an ambulance? Uh, honestly, I'm fine. And I knew I'd be fine. I just had to get through it. I had to go through the other side. Oh, it was awful. If anyone's got a recording of that, I'd love to hear it, just to see... Um, how, what happened? Well, to, to hear how poorly I sounded. Um, maybe I sounded all right. Um, my computer's going to run out of battery. That's fine. That's good. I've got to charge it. Um, but, yeah, that's Thomas Schaffernacker, who's a firebrand, isn't he? Remember he got taken off the TV... For uh, do you remember why? Um, didn't he do a rude gesture? Yeah, doing what we would all do in Flicked a TV a studio. Bird, he? he was giving someone the finger. He was stood by the weather in the BBC News box and giving the finger, and they threw over to him, and it cut to him holding the finger, and he went, <laughs> "Oh!" And he got it literally made that noise. Can you imagine being told oh, off for that God. as an adult on the dour, dour miserable BBC? as well oh man alive he would have got rollock for that um let's go to kyle evening kyle evening boss you all right i'm good thank you kyle what you got for us well i just want to point out catherine's right and you're wrong mate sorry about number of callers go on uh you went through a list didn't you Mm. right yeah do you want do i do it again or are you happy with what you provided what so i i missed a call uh, uh, you, you missed a caller, and Catherine got it. Right, well, who, wa- who was the caller? Uh, it was Jonathan. Yes. Right, but hang on a minute. So we had two in the second hour. 
Okay. Well, so we, we've had six calls, and I'm not counting this as a call. <laughs> not this doesn't count. On what you're re- you, are you erasing me from history now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What well, I mean, right. just to be right, you would actually get rid of someone off the face of the planet. It's only Kyle. Oh, I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not. Don't worry, Kyle. I'm not going to murder you. Ed's. There's a phone call. For God's sakes, grab it. <laughs> uh, I, I am not going to murder you, Carl. If if you got murdered, that would be a coincidence. Wow. Well, I've been sat here for a week listening to you. Hold up with Jimmy Cricket. He's still maintaining he's from Ireland, so, you know. <laughs> Jimmy Cricket is from Ireland. What are you talking about? Oh, hang on. No, the other way around. He's not from Ireland. He's from Rochdale. <laughs> Al? Yeah, hello. What have you called him for? Oh, I was just calling in because you were talking about Saturday Night Live earlier and I was uh, just uh, thinking about that and why we... I was going to just wonder why we weren't sort of matching uh, matching the Americans at their game by having our own kind of version of that, really. Because we haven't got um, uh, 350 million people to um, pick the the talent from it. We can't do it. We've tried we've we've, we've tried um, we've variations. Tried it. I on know it. I was thinking I was we're just a bit too stiff when we do it. But if you think back, we had shows like that was the week that was that started that kind of whole thing off way back in the 60s and it's just you know nowadays it's just uh, just haven't managed But to was it, have but was that was the week that was? Ooh. Yeah. But was that was the week that was that funny. Oh, my dad used to say it was good. Yeah. yeah. My dad used to really, really, you know, he'd say, oh, you know, we used to have this the satire boom in the 60s and uh, and people, you know, coming on. And... It's Saturday, a minute. Saturday Night Live isn't that funny, really. I've seen it. <laughs> very, it's very, very hit and miss. It's very Even... patchy, but, I mean, you're quite right, but it's, if you think about it, it's like they're writing sketches very quickly... You know, a bit like the old, I don't know, some radio. It's a bit more like a radio like in some way. Tell you what's yeah. brilliant that we need over here. Yeah. Daily Show. The John Stewart Daily Show was just put yeah. Oh, hang on. I, I, but no one watches it now that another fella's... I don't even know the name Trevor of it. Trevor Noah. John Oliver. John Oliver. No, oh, John I like o- John Oliver in but it. But John Oliver's not doing the Daily Show. He does the John Oliver Show. He does. Oh, does he? Oh, it's uh, Trevor Noah, yeah. is it Yeah, yeah. Is it Trevor Noah? Yeah. Yes. guy. Yeah. John Oliver does last week tonight. Yeah, oh. yeah. You see, actually, uh, not, not to uh, downgrade. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, we don't really do it well here. They did try some with Charlie Brooker was on one. He's a funny guy, and they all look very, very stiff in their suits and stuff, and they, and they never get to loosen up. And but kind John, of... but, the, but, you, but John Oliver's British because I was yeah, up, he, yeah, I, I was up for the same job that he got on. Um, uh, the Daily Show. I auditioned for that as well, and and uh, did the, you? yeah, oh yes, 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 I did. <laughs> there was a slot came available, and um, Gervais put a few names forward, including me and John Oliver, and we auditioned for it. And I was awful for it, and John Oliver got it right for his own. But but he's but he's you know it's the machine around him. It's the, anyone can sit there and read auto cue and yeah, do all of that. That's that's what it's it's the team of writers, mm. isn't it? Writing quickly and the throwing in ideas and each kind of. Pe- cannibalising each other's scripts a bit and throwing in ideas and then there's performers coming in and out and we just we had Saturday Live in the 80s but we haven't done anything that vibrant and t- 
topical for fuck hang, hang on a minute, Al. Hang on a minute. Let Sorry, me, I do remember you in the 11 o'clock. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. I, was, I was teasing. Um, uh, but, but Kyle seems to be a bit of an expert on everything this evening. Oh, go on, then. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to say... I'm only teasing. First, go on. For the go first on. time ever yes. last, uh, last week... Yes, boss. Uh, ...it was the most scripted episode, and I'm sure you're going to both... Well, well, you certainly, Ian, will sort of say... It's all scripted, but it's the most scripted episode of Have I Got News For You ever. Oh, I, I didn't don't... see it. I didn't catch it. But, but, oh, really? Yeah. Who it was, was hosting just... it? Oh, it was a guy. He was in, oh, the thick of it, the film uh, in the loop. Chris uh, Molinder. Molinder? Tom Hollander, no? Tom Hollander? Yes. Yeah, Tom Hollander. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, but it was the most... he's in Rev. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is. He's the vicar, isn't he? And, yeah. But it was the most script, honestly. There was something about it, and I've watched it since, well, when it started, which dates me. But yeah. I was like, that was the one where I was like, nah, this is so scripted. And it just wasn't, I don't know. Yeah, I the panel it. show, yeah, I mean, that's the best of the panel shows, isn't it? But the panel show format is getting a bit, bit long in the tooth, to say the least, isn't it, now? It's kind of... Get, here's here's my controversial thing. Get rid of Hislop and Merton uh, 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 from uh, Have I Got News for You. I think Hislop is 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 still brilliant because he just he's he's what they said on he's a bit of a polemicist as they used to say and have and that was the week that was they had what's his name Bernard Braden or something. But I think Paul Merton's kind of brand of surrealism is I don't know it's yeah I, I don't mean to be cruel to him but. I'm sure he can. There was, there was just something, that. I don't know, I said something. And I, I can see, I'm the opposite view, because I still read Private Eye, and I yeah. enjoy uh, oh. what Paul... When, when do, hey, you can answer this, Carl. When's the next issue of Private Eye out? out? Uh, Wednesday, I think. Right. OK. I must get I must Sorry. get a copy. Yeah, it's very highbrow now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, it's good. Must get a copy. Yeah, All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Al. Nice to talk to both of you. Right. Nice. nice Tutty bye. Tutty bye. Tutty bye. Tutty bye. Who was that? That was um, Dodd, wasn't it? Tutty bye. Um, and um, Michael Benteen was. Um, what was his program? Mentioned it last week. Potty time. What? It's potty that, time. Is that real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the. Um, do you remember Potty Time with Michael Benteen? And he had this like this world in front of him with these little things and the explosions would go off and stuff and it'd be the potty men would be do you remember that no i don't remember that anyway yeah. <laughs> it sounds like fun yeah it was the old days i'll be honest the old days were rubbish <laughs> here we go you can borrow the tony robinson book can i hand it back when you're done it well, is signed that's it thank you edward thank you Catherine. thank you to tony robinson the book is no cunning plan i thoroughly recommend it uh thank you to the uh, four callers we had this evening back tonight <laughs> at 10 ta-ta Talk radio. Dial up some dialogue. Talk radio. We'll get you talking.